Everybody, thank you for joining us again for another episode of Pursuit of Purpose. I'm Robbie. I'm Chuck. And today we have with us a very special guest. He's another member of the medical community. I'm going to let him introduce himself and tell us a little bit about himself. Hi, my name is Dr. Uh, Adriano Goffey. Uh, I work here locally at um, Lumberton uh, Altus Hospital. Uh, I was born in Argentina. Had a my life kind of took me throughout South America, Argentina, Venezuela, before finally settling into the United States and South Florida, uh, where most probably most people from Argentina and Venezuela end up when they come here. Um, <laughs> And from there, you know, I have uh, two brothers, a sister. I, my parents are happily married still. Um, started, you know, went to school here and went to the United States Navy, put myself through medical school as well, and went to residency in Phoenix, Arizona, and then ended up in Houston, Texas, because that's where my parents ended up being when I finished after about 12, 13 years of schooling and being away from family, it was time to come together. And the journey brought me here where I met you guys. And here we are today. Wow. Yeah. You just, you just really <laughs> kind of gave a great synopsis of your journey. That's, that's amazing. So you were born in Argentina. Yes. How old were you when you? So, so my father owned uh, clothing factories. Uh-huh. Um, it was a kind of interesting, you know, um, Growing up down there, so Argentina, we we left, and they were kind of going back and forth, you know, because they were changing, like, import taxes and stuff, and, you know, and then he met somebody there, and um, my father met a business partner there, and they started a successful, you know, business operations. Right. And, um, but, you know, at the time in Venezuela, you know, as basically presidents change, so does safety and safety concerns and things like that. I mean, the amount of stories, if my father was here, that he could tell you about stuff that happened or, or, you know, crime or things like that. It's pretty, pretty, pretty amazing that you can even go through that. Um, so my parents decided for a better life for all of us was to come to the United States. And which, you know, down there, they did very well. You know, they did very, very, very well. But when you leave, you know, I mean, it's not like here where it's just like, hey, you have a bank account and you could just grab all your stuff and take off. I mean, we we took off and we left a lot behind, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you're limited to what you can bring. Um, however, my mom did bring a big old vacuum. I forget what brand it was, but <laughs> she brought this ridiculous, I don't, I remember this ridiculous vacuum. I mean, you know, the, like the old school. The canister. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it was like, yeah. a, I, don't know, I don't know why Luxor or something is running in my brain. Yeah, like, like Electrolux. I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why, but I remember, I remember that stupid vacuum. Is <laughs> that great vacuum? Yeah. I'm, that's why. I'm, I'm not the only one on that, you know? Uh, so, uh, so we, we went to South Florida. And it was tight. I mean, we, you know, he had enough to buy this ridiculously, you know, this Oldsmobile. I mean, this just boat of, a, of, of an object and a pickup truck. And my dad met a army vet named Dave. I'll never forget this. And this guy was, I mean, the typical vet. I mean, like, you know, Dave was, in, you know, and he owned an air conditioning business and my dad air conditioning business. I mean, imagine this. This is this is what I grew up with. So we we left and my parents, you know, were very well down there. My dad didn't finish, but he's an you know an engineer. You know, uh-huh. most of my brothers are engineers and all of us. And um 
he came here and he convinced him to start a business together of of Central Air. What is Central Air? We don't have Central Air in South America. <laughs> so, between, so between my brother and 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 my brother Christian, you know, reading in English, you know, that we just got here, my dad learned how to, how to put central AC systems in houses off a manual and us reading it to him. I mean, my dad's, you know, absolutely brilliant. I mean, so we came, I, when I was young, you, you know, I used that's to think, crazy. I used to think we came with nothing. And I, and I think that's probably one of the first lessons I had was that's a complete lie. I mean, you can come, you know, with no money, but I came from just two incredible parents. I mean, very... I mean, the top 1%, I mean, despite not necessarily having, you know, the education, education of, of degree or something from right. here, they are the top 1% of thinkers. I mean, they're the most incredible, I mean, to and to do it, to do it at the age of almost 50, mm -hmm. I mean, how do you reinvent yourself and your family? How do you leave a success story, you know, of another place just for the safety of your kids? I mean, I, that story as my days go, you know, it's completely different. But so, you know, so we left and we came here we, and my dad opened, you know, he's basically piggybacked off this and he had this air conditioning, polar, polar air. And, and that's how, you know, he got a work visa. Yeah. We were able to, to go to school and, and we did that in, you know, in South Florida and we managed to get, um, an apartment, which, I mean, it was like five guys in one and, and, you know, cause my, then my my brother-in-law was there and then I slept with you know my sister and I were in the same room and then my brothers and and it was like a hotel because anybody who needed help you know they would stay in this in this apartment you know and, and this tiny little apartment but it was more I, n I never noticed a difference actually I didn't think it was small or nothing to be honest I didn't feel that you know what uh, age were you when you actually did yeah. move here so we we came a couple times before, but it's it's hazy. It's, it's maybe six, five, six. Okay, I mean, okay. pretty young. Hazy. Yeah, it's it's hazy one because I, you think it's later. Maybe it was early. You know, I mean. Well, at that I, age, I, I, yeah, I, yeah I remember ten years old. That's okay. uh, you know, I I mean, I remember that apartment and stuff like that. But I remember ten. Um, I remember ten specifically, and it was like probably not my earliest memory, but like where. The lights came on from then on. Does yeah, that make sense? Mm -hmm. yeah, it makes uh, sense. And it was a very memorable thing because you know we it was my birthday party. I think like and and my uncle, I mean my my, uh, my uncle Ernesto, he worked for Domino's and they had like you know they had the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle you know promo. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, and so he had he had a, a Teenage you know he had a Ninja Turtle you know outfit and for my birthday he came and he was full costume dude like I mean so that was like the first lights in like oh, I gotta I, ask I, I, I gotta I, ask which one was it was Leonardo Leonardo yeah, okay. and, and my so my favorite was 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 not that it was my but it didn't matter you know what I mean like yeah. it was like <laughs> that's awesome and he was full character man i mean and, that is great and so my uncle was like six three you know this big tall guy mm. so obviously like it's not built for six three six no at all. <laughs> he's got these legs coming out of the bottom you know and and it was but it was like you know there was kids there and it's just like my life turned on that day, you know, like, I don't remember nine, like, I, I mean, you remember aspects, but pieces of, that, yeah, after that day, my life turned on, if that makes sense. Like, mm -hmm. I remember everything after that. I remember my teachers, I remember, you know, I, I just, that was, that, you know, I, and again, I remember five, I remember four, you know, those little glimpses, but I will never forget, like, that was the day 
like my tenth birthday was the day I have turned on. That was the day that you know I started to have goals, right? Um, sports, all of those things. Even though I was playing them before, like it was the direction was like just more significant. I mm-hmm. think. Do you think that at that point in your life you realized that this is where you were going to be, and you established a sense of security in that place? Um. Because before that, y'all were back and forth. For- I mean, it's, it's so. I mean, my life is actually built. You know, I, I've, I, I guess, I've always been temporary. Actually, the, once I graduated high school, I was always temporary. But I think mentioning it that way, I guess that that was probably the beginning of me remembering my stability until it became kind of un, and I wouldn't call it unstable, but like just more random. More my dad would call Oliver North, I guess. Um, from that moment. From that moment to finishing, basically starting the military, it was a very secure foundation. Yes. That was, that was, I guess, if you want to put a block of life, I would say that's right. That's what I remember. From that moment mm-hmm. to I left the military, it, it was all very stable. So you went straight into the military? No, I didn't. So okay. I graduated very young in high school. Um, I graduated very young in high school, so I did, I did two years of of uh, kind of college. You know, not really two years. I guess it was like a year and a half, but it was you know, and and I went in and I was, God, carry the two. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was two. It was two years after because I wanted to be E three, so I wanted to get okay. credits in. Yeah, uh, still very young. I mean, I was still nine. I think I was 19, 18, 19 years old. Um, and I went to what was, you know, pre-med and I, um, I claimed my independence financially very young. I started working when I was 13 years old and, and it was Antonio's Pizza in Davie, Florida, which housed everyone in my family. So all of us worked there one way or another, dishwashing, driver, uh, Jimmy was the manager and Antonio was was the owner, but Jimmy was the manager of that store. And since I was 13, I started started working, started saving. That's how you know I bought my first car. I was a bus boy, and I'll, I'll never forget closing, listening to "Lady in Red" like every <laughs> over and over and over. It was always on. It was like the, you know the channel. You know it was you know 50s, 60s, 70s, and today. You know which is now kind of hard to hear because it's like you hear 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 2000s, and today. Right. <laughs> wow, that's changed. Um, but <laughs> so fun, and I think that's what it's so 10. You know, and then I remember 13. I started working. You know, and. And from there, you know, it was kind of one of those things that, you know, my, my parents taught us, you know, work ethic, right? I mean, so, you know, we, I never, I never personally had to help around the house. You know, my brothers and sisters that were older when we first came, you know, they all pulled together, right? So when my brothers worked and my sister, like, um, they, they helped, I mean, whatever was needed. I mean, my dad made, made ends meet, but you know what I'm saying? Like they, they, everybody in the family pulled together. Right. Um, if anything was needed, you know, the family came came together. But I started working because they were working, you know, followed suit um, and, you know, still maintained incredible grade point average um, and sports. I played very, very high competitive uh, hockey. And my brother, my brother played soccer. I mean, he's in the college hall of fame for for soccer. Um uh, you know, it's, it's dude, I love talking. I could go on tangents, so I'm sorry. Keep me, keep me focused. No, it's okay. Uh, so, 
so so hockey in South Florida. Yeah, I know. So my dad played pro, but he played old school pro in Argentina. My dad played pro with quads, okay, and the you know the small almost like cane, uh, cane stick, mm-hmm. all right, and the ball probably weighed like fifty pounds. It felt like you know one of those. And he played for um, he played for Rivet, which is like a major club. I don't know if you mm-hmm. follow soccer down there, but mm-hmm. Rivet is a major club. But he also played for Argentina. Like I mean, he played pro. I mean, it was legitimate pro. Hockey. That's wild. Um, so we're very athletic. I mean, mm-hmm. all of us, very handy and, and very, very athletic. Yeah. Um, except for my brother Lonnie. My, my, he's not unathletic, but like he was good, but like, you know, not everybody, you know, but he's very brilliant. He's a elect- he's a mechanical engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, but Christian and I, and, and even my sister, are very handy, like with tools and stuff like that. Uh, so my brother, my brother, when I was 13, he was, um, you know, when when we first got here, he was doing deliveries of newspapers, which my dad was doing before he was going to work to fix the ACs. But, you know, he was just too tired. So he right. had my brother do it. And my brother was 14 behind this big old Econoline man, you know, like <laughs> tossing, you know, doing the paper. Man, we made ends meet, man. I mean, whatever we had to do. I mean, uh, and then. I'll never forget my brother told me this. So, like, when he would go to school, like, the teachers knew that he did that. So, like, he could, he, he basically got a pass to sleep first and second. Oh, period. yeah. Nice. And like, yeah. And he was a big soccer yeah. star for the school. So, yeah. like, you know, yeah. Yeah. They, took uh, they, 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 they took care of him. They took care of him. They took care of So, but all of us worked. I mean, and my sister went to school, and my sister's very bright. She, um, actually was a translator linguist for the um, FBI. Um, she got recruited by them, and she worked with them for a, a long time, actually. It wasn't wasn't until she started to have kids where, unfortunately, the FBI doesn't take, you know, yeah, little, little cases, right? So when she started to have kids, you know, she had to be in interrogations and then not just say what they're saying, also give the feeling, the sentiment. And right. once, when she's, mm-hmm. once the kids came into the picture, she was like, yeah, no more, no more for this. Mm-hmm. Um, so now she is, um, what the heck, like the, she's got her, um, she's got her master's and she works for the school system. Now she tests all the kids to, you know, whether they're, you know, meeting criteria, what, what they need for education, mm-hmm. what help they need. And she's, she's in, um, Cypress ISD. She's, oh, very cool. Yeah, she's she's uh, she's incredible. That's a big district. Would, yeah. If there's yeah. if there's a human that deserves everything in life, that's it's my sister. She's one of the most incredible people I've ever met in my life. Um, uh, so yeah, she does that, and she's the oldest of the four of us. Hmm. Um, she just actually yesterday was her birthday. Hey. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Happy birthday. Uh, yeah. We went to we went to lunch on Saturday, hmm. and. Um, uh, and she's actually the reason why we're in Houston. Her her husband got a job with Compaq in Tumball. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then and then from there he got he was with HP. And then my mother worked for South African Airways, and then um, Qatar Airways came here, and then she switched to Qatar so she could be close to the close to her three kids. Okay. So um, and she's a bit older. She's. Uh, Two five sixty nine. So she's just turned. What did she turn? She turned forty sixty nine. Then she turned fifty four. Fifty four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Can't believe I turned forty. I guess yeah. Well, something I want to point out. Hopefully, your family will will participate and listen to this. Oh, I'm but sure. something that I want to 
it really sounds like you got a lot of love in your family. Yeah. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, the my father, I, I would say my father was an incredible provider. Okay. But I, I've seen now, you know, over time, you know, my mother's always been the most loving person on the planet. I mean, just it's like. I can't I can't talk to her enough. I can't be in the house enough that she's always I want more, I want more, I want more. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I, I, I read I would say that I regret dramatically probably the last 10, 15 years of thinking that's annoying and probably not treating her the best that I should have, you know? Mm-hmm. Um that's been a little bit of an awakening, you know. Um my father was always more of a provider, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, my grandfather probably went to second grade, you know, and um my grandfather was was incredible to be around, and you know, the, the, because my dad's older, I naturally lost him when I was, I think, I was like twelve years old or thirteen years old, fourteen years old, something like that. And he's really progressed. I think you know, men of that generation, right, nineteen forty-two, right. I mean, with us, he was the provider, right, and um, and loving. Don't get me wrong, but more, you know, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't call him stern. It was just more of like. His job was the provider, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I remember he wears this chain, and I remember being, I mean, I don't know, I probably was one or two. My mom always doesn't understand why I remember this, but in Venezuela, we would always go visit this area with pools, and I remember him always throwing me up, and his chain would always hit me. And I remember that memory. You know, he still wears it to this day. Hmm. And, really? That is oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, it's, so it's, um, uh, and... I, re- I remember that. And that's like the playful time. Does that make sense? But really, yeah, my relationship with my dad initially, I wouldn't call it like, totally like this, but it's very apprenticeship, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. You know, I was the youngest. You know, I was there. I was reliable. I need to do this. I need to do that. I mean, man, I I probably could own oh, not a new car now, but I mean, with him, I mean, we probably could take apart a car and build it together. You know, anything that needed to be done. We needed to fix. I mean, my father you know, could fix a light bulb. I mean, you know what I mean? Something like that. You know what I mean? It, it's, so, so he taught me things. And then when my sister had kids, you know, it was kind of like the tail end where he was kind of starting to stop working kind of thing, you know? And, and then, you know, like he moved here and, and he became a grandfather, you know, like, like you saw it, right? Like mm-hmm. he was a grandfather. And then, and then with my kid now, you know, like, the, you know, even though this is kind of the same as my sisters, but you know, it's a five-year-old and all my other nieces and nephews are twenties, you know, yeah. older. Um, the relationship between him and I has changed. It's, it's like, you know, we, we shared bigger moments. And now that he's there, like, he just looks at you different, like a parent looks at you different, you know, and it's becoming, it's very, it's, it's I mean, it's beautiful. And, and, and so I've seen that evolving, you know, of, of love, you know, and, then, you know, my brothers and sisters. I mean, my brother Christian lives in Florida. My brother Lonnie and Leonardo. So it's, it's, so it's Karina, Fabiola, and then it's Leonardo, Gabriel, Christian, Fabrizio, and I'm Adriano, Enrico. Um, I don't ever go by Enrico, but it's, it's, anyways. I'm going to have to remember are, that. The names, right. are, the names are pretty cool. Yeah, the names are cool. Um, you may not like them when you're a child child because people right. make fun of you, but they're, they're kind of cool. Um, and... We, we were all we're all very close. I mean, distance. Unfortunately, my brother, my brother Lonnie, um, 
when you know he had his he had his kid Kiata, and you know for for different reasons, you know he's in marketing kind of online. He just decided to go back to Argentina, and then they went from Argentina, they went to Panama, and I might get this. Sorry, Lonnie, if I butchered the order, but it was like from Argentina, they went to Panama and then Panama, they went to Peru and then they struggled severely to try to get papers to come back. Um, that took like nine years. Probably. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. It took a long time. It took, it took a very long time um, to get him back into the States, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and then finally, we were able to get him back and he's here now. And my niece goes, my niece, Kiara, goes to Texas A&M. I think she's starting her sophomore year now. And then um, his wife, Jessica, they live together in, in Tumble. And then mm -hmm. my sister moved here for, you know, Compaq. And then now they're in the Woodlands and they have three kids. Um, so, so speaking of her kids, this is actually a great story. So the first of our kind, our first American. First or first of first American is Stefan Becky. Born here. Born in the United States. But he wasn't just born here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My sister is, you know, fair skin, beautiful brown hair. Her husband's got black, black eyes, black hair. Come on. And on the 4th of July, <laughs> we have a freckled, redheaded baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that is my sister's kid, that's for sure. And, it, and it's, it's definitely her husband's friend. It's like our firstborn was a was a light-skinned, oh. freckled redhead born on the 4th of July. Yes. Yeah. All American. That's all American, baby. Yes. Yeah. It was it was just just came out fireworks. <laughs> that is great. <laughs> yeah, I mean so yeah, fireworks, fireworks ran in, in, in He's there. the first He's the firstborn. He's our firstborn first here. Yeah. Yes. I mean, and from there, um, <laughs> from there, um, she had the next one, Camila. Um, Camila is just, uh, she's uh, trying to get into um, a PA school. So if anybody wants to help out, she's mm -hmm. very brilliant, very mm -hmm. smart. She went to, she went to Texas A&M as well. Mm -hmm. um, and she's um, trying, to, she's applying to some, PA schools, uh, and then my brother, then 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 Kiara, and then you know, kind of. Uh, mm -hmm. Then my brother Christian has three kids, um, uh, all of them, uh, all of them athletes in soccer. One of them went to University of Tennessee. The other one went to uh, Jacksonville. Mm. All played collegiate soccer. Sure. Um, and uh, all my sister's kids were swimmers. Man, what a sport! Jesus Christ, I I, I admire yeah. the. Yes. I admire the families that go through swimming. Yes. Holy cow. Yes. I thought my mom, my mom and I thought we had a bad playing hockey at five in the morning, once or twice a week. Mm. Um, swimming, the, the, those kids went through, that's a lot of discipline. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I admire, I really admire that. Yeah. Um, and I talk to, you know, we, we talk very often. My, my parents live kind of central. So mm -hmm. the kids and, Mm -hmm. um and everything you know that we we you know saturday we were kind of all together and for her birthday and we try to get to the you know it's rare that all of us all of us especially because yeah i bet that is hard i mean actually it's a small world man mm -hmm. you know believe it or not mm -hmm. um a lot of people try to do it for holidays my brother christian's done a good job of just randomly saying hey you know we're going and and mm -hmm. that's one of one of the beauties mm -hmm. you know of, of traveling right mm -hmm. i mean i think I think waiting for a holiday is probably the worst thing to do. I think yeah. I think that mentality of waiting for a holiday is probably not ideal, right? right? It's right. Uh, it's a lot better to do it on a Tuesday or Thursday. Absolutely, you know, you a fly cheaper. Yeah, like 
it's like you know um, more families uh, yeah we talk to a lot of people in our industry and more families do it in a bit of an off and that may be early december but we're not gonna wait to the end yeah, we'll exactly. get it yeah i mean we'll especially for, so for me i work 24-hour shifts here right mm. so you know n now i i've probably worked the last six christmas in a row this was like the, the last one was the first time i woke up you know with 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 my daughter you know mm. and Especially because now she's more conscientious. When she's one, it was like, okay, you know, I'll get there at nine in the morning, you know, no big deal. But these next few years, I want to make sure I don't do that, right? I want to make sure that I that that I'm not working, so we can spend, you know, especially Christmas morning, you know. Um, but the problem is, if I work Christmas Eve, I'm not getting back till ten, so it's like a new lost both. But you know, when when you start to work these things and and you start to like look at holidays, it's kind of like you know what? I'd rather work holiday and then I will leave the Tuesday after. Yes. <laughs> you know, because it's yeah. not I don't have the traditional Monday through Friday. Right. Um, and you realize how much emptier the beaches are, mm -hmm. <laughs> how much cheaper the hotels are, um, and you know you can you tend to enjoy it. It's a little tricky with school, but. You know, with the kids, but yeah, you but, create your own holiday. Yeah, exactly. You create yeah. your own holiday. In the end, you're going with your. With your family, not the other yeah. people, right? Well, you, you referenced here uh, in the last few minutes uh, about your uh, career. So obviously, at some point, you made some uh, fateful decisions, you know, yeah. from, the, from school to the Navy and then eventually uh, so, to your practice. Yeah, I mean, after after 2000, after September 11th, um, you know, I, I don't know what happened. It was pretty innate. I mean, remember, I wasn't born here, but the U.S. has provided something for us as a family that... I mean, we are living the American dream, right? I mean, yeah. we we are probably the definition of the American dream yeah. of, of coming. Um, we came and, you know, not to go political, but, you know, the, the we did come and we struggled very hard to get papers, to get to be here legally. Mm -hmm. To Now, it didn't affect me in the beginning being on the J visa and stuff like that because, you know, I wasn't in college needing student loans because you can't get them and stuff like that. But it was a very big struggle. I actually got my citizenship through the military. Um, mm -hmm. I was not a reason necessarily why I went in, but, you know, because I was here legally, we had a we had a green card at the time. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't, you know, need it. But after after 9-11, you know, I don't know what came over me. It was just something just like it's like, no, I'm going to join. You know, um, well, I thank just, you, by the yes, way. Thank, thank you, you very much for your serving. Our was, I mean, that was some of the best experience. I mean, when I decided to do that, um, I actually met my best friend, you know, ever and still um, months before that. So we we saw each other once before because we lived in the neighborhood. And then I went to, a, you know, a recruiter. And then sure enough, we had to do some of those, you know, training things and mm -hmm. saw him, you know, at one of those. And it was probably, I think it was like a solid five or six months prior. At that time, it was really slow to kind of get in. Like, you, it wasn't just like ship out, you know, especially in the Navy, it was different. Um, and we did really well on our ASVAB scores. So it wasn't just like, you know, Boltzmann, you know what I mean? We, we, I was I was going as a medic and he went in as uh, ET. So it was high end, you know, he scored very well and I scored very well. Um, and I decided to go to the military, which which is not an easy thing to tell your parents. And I, I still don't know what they felt. I, I don't. I know what they said they felt. Right. I don't know. I don't know what they felt. Yeah. Um, it was definitely not a time of peace, you know, right. by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, they, they um, you know, 
they do good, you know, and they, they respected that decision. Um, I got in and, you know, I, I, I was going to school and, and I think some of the best lessons of the military for me was here I was working, right? And, and I think things got easy. You know, grades got easy for me, even though I was working two or three jobs. Money felt easy. And I think a lot of that was South Florida. Man, what a terrible place to grow up. <laughs> what a great place to grow up. But what I mean by that is there's different places. And, and I had a very good foundation of friends and I had a very good foundation of family. But the fakeness, right? And, you know, it's almost like if you look at Instagram now, you could just fall into this, like... Everybody's doing well. Everybody's new job is well. Like it's like everybody looks like it's million. It's like you 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 lose out on reality almost of what it means for hard work, right? Mm -hmm. So I left to the military, and all my friends, you know, like I was kind of like an idiot, if that makes sense, right? And and, and I was the beginning of an idiot, right? Like that wasn't even the full idiot, right? Like, um, and. So I go there, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. And, and, you know, while I'm there, you know, the military, I mean, it's a definition of psychology, Jesus, you know, like that. They, they know exactly what they're doing, how they're doing it, how to break you down as a person, how to, how to make you understand that you are nothing without a team, you know, mm-hmm. and, then, and then they build you back up, you know, and they do a very, very good job, um, you know. And then you find yourself, are you a lifer? Are you not a lifer, right? So I got my citizenship, I was enlisted. You know, and then I, I knew I, I knew since I was 10 years old, I'm not kidding. I said, I, that's why I said the, the goal of 10. Like, I remember saying, somebody asked me, what are you going to do? I'm going to be a doctor. I have nobody medical in my family, but I said I was going to be a doctor. Like, period. Was there something that inspired you so back then? I, I, I wouldn't call it inspiration, but it, the year before that, um, we, I had this close friend, um, I had this close friend, Ryan, okay? And a lot of these things, you know, I started, I was talking to a psychologist about this probably now like four years ago, and I didn't, you know, realize the impact. He, we were we were nine, right? And man, the kid lived with me. He came from a broken family. Like the mother and stuff, it just, just was, you know, divorced family and, you know, sent, and they lived down the street and he would always come to the house and he was just, very, my, my, again, my family, everybody was welcome into the house, you know? You'll, you'll hear this story probably today a few times, not just him, but... So we would always ride our bike together, go to school together, you know, everything. Ryan was a very big lifer, you know, for of friends, you know, very, very loved, you know. And um, and it was November 8th. It was voting day. Okay. And we went to breakfast and, you know, I was sitting down and he goes, hey, I'm going to get up and go. We always hung out with, like right by the bus stop area. And he grabbed a biscuit. Grabbed a biscuit, like messing around with one of the kids. He grabbed a biscuit, walked outside, and then I walk out about a minute later, and I see him stumbling, coughing, you know, coughing up blood actually. And you know, I run to him, and you know, the people were there, and um, out of nowhere, I just get just somebody just oh, just like pushes me out of the way, and it was a doctor actually. Um, he was bleeding out his mouth. He was born without a gag reflex, they said. So basically, he choked on this soft biscuit. Oh, no. Okay? And I did CPR, put him in an ambulance, and he passed away. Oh. Um, and I remember the story. I mean, obviously, I mourned him for, you know, but um, I'm, I'm guessing that's why, you know. Well, that's um, a big moment. Because I couldn't, yeah. I, you know, I couldn't save him, <laughs> right? Um 
I would I would imagine that that probably instilled something. I mean, it's also so young that it's like I, it wasn't like oh I'm gonna be a doctor because like just. But somebody asked me after that, and I said it, and never turned back. But you know, years later, I think about that story and like because I never. I mean, I knew that it was a doctor that pushed me out of the way and all that stuff, but I didn't think. I remember now when when I think about it, I do remember him pushing and saying, I'm a doctor, let me do this, right? Let me help. And um, and I remember that story completely different once I opened it up, you know, when I started to think about it, you know, with, with this guy. Um, so that was, you know, that calling. And remember, I didn't have anybody medical. So I was going to the military to be a doctor, which is a corpsman, which is like an EMT, which yeah. is not a doctor. Right. Um, but trust me, you do feel like it while you're in there because you do a significant amount of stuff, you know. Um, so... I made the determination of I wanted to be a doctor well before that and learning, you know, so there I got basically like EMT license and then I got my surgical tech license. And when it was time to re-up, I was like, hey, I'll do it if you allow me to go to med school. But, you know, I'm not going to re-up. I'm not going to keep doing this. This is not what, you know, I want to. Yeah, you want to go further. And at that time, at that time, I um, was already taking classes, to, you know, I knew what it meant now to be a physician, meaning I knew I had to go through pre-med, I knew I had to, so um, I got out, and I didn't have a lot of classes left, um, but when I got out, um, another very close friend of mine, Ricky, who was, you know, doing stuff online, you know, selling stuff online on eBay, man, I could barely turn on a computer, I, I hate technology, <laughs> but him and I, um, he was doing it, and so I started. We started to do it together, just sell like wheels and tires, and mm-hmm. um, basically on on eBay. Okay, and I had the idea. Like I was like looking at it, and looking at it, looking at it, and I was like, dude, this is like really annoying. Like, why, why can't we just put our damn phone number on here? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> so they could just call us, right? You know, like this is so intricate. Just like, just like, why don't we just do that? And and sure enough, I mean, immediately, it's just like, just people started calling. You know, and so that business we started, um, well, he started the business, but, you know, we started to do it together. Um, and that was, that. Is, there, that's another experience, actually, to get into that, that probably had a big impact in my life. Um, we had a fallen out, which, which sucks because none of it was intentional. We had a big fallen out over this. You and uh, Ricky? Yeah, yeah. Um, Essentially, I was dating this girl, Karina, who lived in, um, well, I was with her for the whole time I was in the military. It was like five years that I was with her. And I would always fly back and forth, you know. And we got really busy. And, you know, so you needed to ship things. I mean, we were working out of a garage. I mean, literally, we were working out of a garage. And, and you know, so one of us would have to take stuff to FedEx and this. And then finally, we got big enough that UPS would come pick up. But you had to box it. We had about, but, I mean, it, Man, our customer service, like, you called, I'd put a sock in my mouth. Was, I mean, dude, we, it was the same, I mean, whatever we can come up with, you know. But, but I mean, we started to sell, I mean, three, two, three, four hundred thousand dollars worth of stock. I mean, it was a lot, you know. I mean, and the margins were for 21, 23-year-old kids. It's pretty damn good money, you know. Yeah. Um, and I was gone, and my dad told me, my dad needed to get a warehouse in Miami, and, and I was in, you know, I was in, um, you know, he's like, hey, I can help you. We could do this and this, that, and the other. I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, whatever. Because I was a young kid. I was with Karina over there. And I was just, you know, wasn't thinking. And um, I didn't tell 
Ricky what I was like doing is the point. Like I, I just I didn't I didn't think about it because I, I didn't there was nothing malicious. Does that make sense? And so I didn't think about it. I just said, hey man, I like I, I told our distributors to start sending the what I would order down to where my dad so he could box it and do everything. Because I didn't want to rely on him to do it for me. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? So sometimes he would get busy, you know, he's got his life and he's got his stuff. So so that happened and you know, again, trust me, it was not not malicious, but for, you know, just we had a big falling out because he felt like I was trying to go behind his back, and I was like, dude, that's not the case at all. And so, unfortunately, it ended something nice. Does that make sense? Like, even though it wasn't malicious, it it, it was the first time I had an argument, and and it was over money, and what a, what an ugly argument because it was like I didn't mean like that at all, but I couldn't get through because he was so hurt by it, and I didn't have the skills to communicate when somebody was angry does that make sense like mm. it's very hard to communicate if you're angry it's like you know it's very difficult i didn't have like hey let's check this or, i didn't have any of this of those skills i mean i just didn't so i lost a friend for a long time a very very long time and now we're speaking again good but it sucks because dude we went to school together every day incredible memory i mean he was a great friend i mean um you know, I mean, so I regret that's one massive regret mm -hmm. uh, in life that, that I had to learn and took a long time to learn because, I, again, it, it it was just there's when, when nothing is malintended, you know what I mean? And you lose somebody that close and you can't communicate it like you just can't, you know, you just you just he had his things to say and. And each of us was right in points. Does that make sense? Like, we're, mm -hmm. there was nobody wrong, to, you know? Like, right. but you couldn't you couldn't meet in the middle. It was yeah. never going to end. Yeah. yeah. You just couldn't meet in the middle. Yeah. Um, so, you know, um, and, and then long story short, I, I continued to do it for a, a little bit longer. This is, now we're stepping into 2006, okay? Um, this was 2006, almost 2007. And I had this business that was doing pretty well, you know, again, you know, when you're that young, 20, 22 ish, right. And you 22, 23, and you're making six figures. God, you know, you feel like a God, right. I mean, mm -hmm. there was, you know, you're, you're feeling really well. Um, but my life goal was school to math, right. And I applied to you no know, schools. Um, I applied to medical schools and, um, I got invited for a couple of interviews, but, in the military, I, I probably, you know, you need 120 credits to have a bachelor's, right? And I probably had 200-something. Mm. But, man, you talk about, like, stability. Like, when I left to go to the military, I never spent, to put it in perspective, from 2003 to 2012, I never spent more than six months in the same place. Mm. Except for a one year, a, a, a one year, two month stint for med school in on the island. Okay, mm -hmm. and, I'll, and I'll get to that. So that was the longest I stayed until residency. Imagine that. What? Uh, it was so nine, ten years of every six months, two, 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 yeah. always somewhere different. Mm. Sometimes two months, sometimes yeah. four, four months. It was. I didn't think of it as chaos, if that makes sense, but it's like... It's almost no you know, Yeah, exactly. So that's why it's like, when I started, you know, when we went you know, did that stability at 10, and then, you know, complete randomness. Mm -hmm. <laughs> complete it's not random. random. Well, right, I mean, it, it was, oh, it, it was actually, I mean, I could, 
each place, I mean, my story, I'll probably, you know, as, as you go, you'll, you'll you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I applied and I had plenty of credits, but the, um, some of the schools, what they said to me, they're like, hey, we'll accept you, but it's going to be for the following year. I want you to come and I want you to do one semester here so we can award you a bachelor's, right? Mm-hmm. Even though I had a bachelor's you know, as far as credits and all that stuff goes, they wanted me to get the degree and then they would let me start the following year. Mm. And and that was, so that was um, October, October, late October, okay? Um, you know, when you start to get all the stuff back for like interviews and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and the problem is, like I said, I was in South Florida. You know, here I am trying to go to med school and everybody's telling me that I'm an idiot. You know, it, every, everybody's making millions of dollars off pre-construction, $20,000, this, and selling it for 100000 you know. Mm-hmm. The, the the boom you know of of real estate and I said I and I looked at everybody's like this is ridiculous guys you, you know these people are owning three or four thousand dollars you know three or four homes like they're firemen like no offense I mean like they make good money but not to own five or six homes you yeah. know what I'm saying like what is going on here we my father bought a house for like 250 and the neighbors sold their house like four times you know like and it was like 400 550 600 I was like this is a 1800 square foot box you know, like, mm-hmm. what is going on here? Yeah. Did, you know what I'm saying? Like, and everybody's job is like, I'm a used car salesman or a car salesman or, mm-hmm. a, you know, a, a car wash. And I mean, it's there was an industry in, in, mm-hmm. down there. Right. Very, very, very small. In Miami, there was a little bit, but there's really not a lot of industry. Right. You know, um, and I was like this, like, you know, not only was that a turnoff, but I was like, I wanted to go to med school. So. I, I did that, and I applied to Ross University, which is one of the top-end, you know, Caribbean schools. Hmm. I applied, I think it was like November 10th or 11th, got an interview two days later for the 15th, then got invited to a spot to start after Thanksgiving, which was like, I guess, the 25th or something. That that, that was it. <laughs> so I handed, I was like, Dad, I'm out. You can have it. Gave to gave gave the business to my dad and my brother, and I said I'm going to med school. And my dad was pissed mm. for a little bit. I think he was pretty pissed off. He's like, "We got this business, you know, things yeah. are going well." And I was like, "Yeah, but, you know." And then and then you know, obviously, like that died out quick. Don't get me wrong, but like his initial reaction, you know, like was like, "What do you mean? <laughs> you know, like how are we gonna? You know, what are you talking about?" Right. Um, which, which, by the way, did not take me aback. I'm saying it this way, but it really, it's like, I just didn't care. You know, like, I, I, at this point in my life, you know, basically since when I was 13, 14, 15, paying for stuff, I already had a little bit of an attitude of I'm, I'm paying my own way kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, thanks, Dad, actually. Mm-hmm. You brought me to independence. Right. right. <laughs> and, 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 and that built independence mixed with right. I know what I want. And mm. I wanted to go to medical yeah, school. Yeah, that was that was that was that yeah. was it, you know. Yeah. And you know, and I told him, "Hey, I'll help yeah. you as much as I can." You know, this, that, and the other. And um, I went to med school, and which was in Dominica, not Dominican Republic, but actually Dominica. Um, beautiful island, about twenty it's twenty nine miles long. Mm. Uh, very virgin. Uh, it's um, they got their independence from from England, but um, so they had a. Um, they had a prime minister there, but he wanted to keep everything very natural. So mm. there is a, a cruise ship that goes into Rosedo, the capital, but doesn't actually dock. And it's like once a month. So it's very, very, very natural island. At least it was. Um, 
unfortunately the school has gone because they had like back-to-back category five hurricanes Mm. very liquidated it but we were very good for that island um it was beautiful living in that area um one of my professors dr meisenberg who's a biochemistry uh was actually down there for research and they have the high they had the highest level of centurions Hmm. but they're not very healthy people like i mean island people in general um Island people in general, you know, they could have diabetes and stuff like that, but they had an incredible longevity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and his studies, the the way he pronounced them, it wasn't the, the, the greatest studies in the world for for it. But mm-hmm. uh, essentially, they they had a high high level of you know centurions, and he put it in. He based it off IQ, which I don't think that that's true because I think the people down there actually were incredible. You know, were very nice and very. I mean, they made things out of nothing. So I don't think, I think he based it off of IQ, which I don't think you can put everywhere in the world. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. IQ is specific to drive goal and mm-hmm. it's not just, yes, you know. Mm-hmm. So he based it off that. But uh, in the end, I just think also it's, I think it's the way their spirit is in general. Like mm-hmm. you have somebody there that's 100 years old and still mobile because they went and they made the flower a different culture you know what i'm saying yeah Yeah, and that was you know their job but they were smiling and they could talk to them and they were loving and so i don't think that iq had anything to do with it i think it's i think it's purpose goal and you know uh, and and, and spirit yeah exactly i mean that i remember there was a hundred year old a hundred year old lady that every day she made the, the 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 dough for the bread and she would walk it down this hill like this you know what i'm saying um with her cane and you know and the flower walk it down and that was the the dough for the bread and she did that since she was probably nine years old in the same house so uh but he related it to iq saying that 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 area like the average iq was 72 which you know here would be um you know very very unintelligent basically but that was not the case down there at all but no. Um, but the island was was gorgeous. You know, lived on the beach there, went to school, um, left there, went back to Florida for what's called fifth semester. So, this is where the idiocy. You know, like why are you wasting your time going to school and getting in debt? You know, like all this stuff. I was like, and this is two thousand eight. I was like, dude, it's a financial crisis. Like. <laughs> You know, and all, but you know, they they don't feel anything. You know, they 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 did. By the way, all of them felt it. Don't get me wrong, but you just they're just so fake. You would never know. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, say, you know, that like they just got another job at another car dealer or something. You know, like it's, oh th- that one sucked. The, you know, the, the manager was terrible. Like now I'm selling. <clears throat> coffee or i'm working for my dad's company out of venezuela it's like what do you mean you're working on your dad's company your dad steals money from the government in venezuela you can't work for that (laughs) you know like (laughs) you know like like that's that's what that's what was there you know before Mm. it's like a lot of those people you know that they oh i work for the government of venezuela it's like no you don't you're on your cell phone at starbucks every day (laughs) you don't work for anybody (laughs) you're like you just you know that's that's what they do over there so Uh, the the culture in south florida was it was just very terrible yeah. Yeah, and 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 no drive. And by the way, I I I went to a, a private school, which my friends from private school were totally different. You know, like, but where I lived in Weston, you know, that area, it was all people from from Venezuela or Argentina and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And that culture was different than what I went to school for. That was like so, all of them were going to work for their parents or this and that. It's like they they don't like they don't have anything yeah you know what i mean especially in a turmoil country like like venezuela like right. what is your there's no like you know so they would take you know the jobs and stuff but they they 
they believe in it so much. Does that make sense? That that they make you feel stupid for going to school. Mm. Like it was really not easy. Seriously, like right. if you are not a strong-willed person, you would you would get left behind in the dust, man. You would quit school and try to do that and end up mm-hmm. how they are now, yeah. which is just oddball to oddball job. Yeah. I mean, um, falling into that transit. Falling into sure. the transit, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. um, it's yes, they're on boats every weekend though. Yeah. <laughs> Their life looks good. But it's you know. fake. But it's so fake. you you got back there for the fifth semester. And yeah. then fifth semester. Somehow. Yeah. You made your way here. Yeah. So well, no, hold on. We haven't gotten to the first divorce yet. Oh. All right. Uh, so fifth semester, I'm there. I'm studying for um I'm studying for um for uh for my first boards. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's a semester and I'm there and, you know, start going out. And at that point, you start to think about all your friends are getting married, you know. Right. So it's like, you know, why aren't you getting married? You know, so I met somebody. I met somebody named Jennifer. Um, and she was a very nice girl. Very, very nice. Um, and I was on autopilot, man. You know, um, everybody around me, I was there. This is another, I would say this is another big regret, another big regret in life. Okay. So I met her and it was just, it was just like kind of easy. I was working 90 to 100 hour work weeks in school, right? And doing my rotations. Mm. She was, you know, we were together and then everybody was just kind of doing things. And it's like, and, and all the signs, you know, were there, unfortunately. But what I feel bad about is that I dragged somebody through something very unintentionally does that make sense like you're, mm-hmm. you're just going through motions never cheated n- nothing you know but you know i i was with somebody that we really didn't have a lot of common likes does that make sense like mm-hmm. you know i i wanted to, when i got off work i wanted to walk to Publix to go get a sandwich no let's drive and get wine and it's like no, let's walk. We live on a golf course, like you know. But all, all those little idiosyncrasies, you know, that you you don't think are a big deal, but you're just pleasing, and you're just pleasing, and you're just pleasing. And we really, you know, her family was her family was very, you know, nice. But um, you know, I regret the way I left. I feel bad, you know, in that sense. I again, no, no, nothing, nothing was malicious. Does that make sense? But we, you know, we had this wedding. I had nothing to do with planning it, but you know, she wanted this big wedding and, um, and I wasn't necessarily unhappy. I just was like a zombie, if that makes sense. Right. Mm -hmm. And when we were together kind of for the last year and a half, two years of school. And then when I, when I finished, basically it was like, okay, you know, I finished and I started teaching and then I just had time, you know, and it was just like, hell's going on here you know but like what is you know and then when i brought things to attention one of the solutions was to have a kid and it's like no Hmm. no um i didn't think it was salvageable either and that that was the worst part is that i knew immediately that it wasn't salvageable there's no way there's such big cultural difference there was like just it just was never should have been mm, right mm. and i went through motions and i took away a marriage right I, I mean i really regret that i mean i i think people need to understand that now we didn't have kids or nothing like that but it's still a big deal to go through something like that and i regret that i, I regret it i mean i you know you, you you there's there's gonna be down from that there there's there's it's it's not right i hurt somebody you know um now staying wouldn't is not the solution don't you know but that's 
as, as individuals, men and women, you know, the, 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 what, when, when you're going through stuff, you, I think, I think people need to really understand where they are before they get married, you know, and mm-hmm. I made that mistake. I was young. It's not an excuse, but, um, it, it, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a decision that has a lot of, a lot of ripples, man. Well, and you're not unique in that. Like that's, no, that's, that's a first very, yeah, happens. you're, it's a very common thing and something that if, if I could be so bold, be uh, if you could come to the place to understand that y'all both did that, you didn't do it to her. Yeah. Uh, I heard you. I heard you say that, and yeah. I would encourage anyone out there who's been through a similar experience understand that that was you two working, was, working together yeah. to create yeah. uh, an unfavorable circumstance. Right. And it, the good thing is that you both survived it, right? And you were able to take with you some They're valuable, right. some right. valuable experience lessons, yeah. and create wisdom from it, right? To keep from prevent from repeating it yeah well right i mean so absolutely i mean after that um after that, i went single for a long time actually it was probably a couple of years um and after that was when was when i moved to to phoenix right so I, that's where i got my residency mm-hmm. um and so right so it was two the um it was yeah it was 2000 and 15 was okay. divorced and then i met my wife um i met my wife in uh 2000 no not 15 what am i talking about no it was 2009 what was i saying no uh 2000 uh 2009 2010 we, we got divorced i can't even remember I, um and i met my wife in 20 uh in 2015 okay yeah so it was about five six six years or so that i was that i was uh separated mm-hmm. and um, so that was, you know, that's, that's a, a th- that has a, that had a big thing, you know, the, the, that had a big thing of me choosing who my partner is now, mm-hmm. you know, um, well, it, it's, we'll get there. I guess we, we were at the, we were at med school, um, so med school on island and then we were, so med school on island and then, um, and then I met her, yeah, I was in Florida. So we were in Florida, I met her, we were going through that and then, um, you know, and it was just a hundred hour work weeks, busting my tail, busting my tail, busting my tail, just being on autopilot. And then that that's also like it wasn't just her, right? It's like when when you come from a good family, right? Like I was on autopilot, but I also come from a good family. That's not what I wanted. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that that's why it was it was also difficult, even though I abruptly I, I did. I mean, just like when I came to, I I mean, I put the hammer down. I was like, no, no, this is not right. And, but it severed the family, right? I, I, I you know, you, you caused that. I mean, I basically was the instinct of that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, then you also learn the wrath of what happens after that, right? You know, um, I didn't have much, but I did have stuff from the business and stuff like that. And, and I was just so adamant about my decision. I was so adamant about my decision that it's like, hey, I don't care what's going to happen. Like, I got a teaching job. Everything I got, I don't care. Like I'm, I'm. It's all you, you know. Um, it's all you. Everything, you know. Like everything that I have, I even paid alimony when we were very barely married. Four months, dude. I even gave alimony. I gave everything that I had. I paid off her debt before for certain things, and 
the reason why, why I bring this up is because after all of that, knowing that I just left everything that I had, right? Everything that I had. Um, then after that, it was, it was said that I was with her for money, which listening to other people say that, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. That, that hurt because that's furthest from the damn truth. Right. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Um, in the end, actually, it was more that I heard her. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, that had nothing, absolutely zero, anything. Like, that was it's so not me. It has nothing to do, nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. um, and that was being spread, you know, um, by people there. And it's like that I think her, her brother said I needed her for legitimacy because I was going to an island school. I mean, it was like such a pompous bullshit thing to say. Uh, but there's there's a lot of hurt that comes from anybody, you know. I, and I, again, with. I, water under the bridge I, I think everybody can react in different ways you know mm -hmm. protecting and i you know you can't hold anybody's water on right. that one you know right but the, man that put me into a, like a down you know right. like um you start to question yourself like hey did i do this no right <laughs> right left with garbage bags man yeah. like with the, of my clothes like it sounds as though that though that gap between the end of that relationship and meeting your wife you spent a lot of time whether it was direct or indirect, yeah. just reflecting, like, okay, who who am I? Mm -hmm. How did that happen? And then how do I not? Who do you want to become? Who do I want to become? Exactly. So, so that that transition of when I went to, you know, when when that happened, I went to the island, right? Which is nice because basically, like, it was uh, Freeport, Bahamas. Actually, I was teaching mm -hmm. and I taught there for about nine months while I was waiting for residency to start. Beautiful, beautiful little island. Small, it's tiny. Every day I would walk, and I had two manta rays that were growing up together, mama and, and baby, that every day around 4.30 when I would walk to Port Lakaya I would, to go get some food, they would be walking next to us. It was really gorgeous. Mm -hmm. um, real soul-searching and stuff. And, um, and you know, from there, you know, I stayed single the whole time there, and then I went to, you know, um, Phoenix, which pretty much was single, but started started kind of dating. And like you said find yourself right so almost like you almost think you're damaged goods right mm -hmm. you're a divorcee you know? mm -hmm. uh and you know you start talking to people about it you know no kids but you just like you start to talk about it it's like so i was also young right so like you're dealing with with people who haven't gone through adversity half the time mm -hmm. let alone my life which is already most people's lives you know a military career a business and med school like like, you know, what, what do you, there's not, you know, kids, kids nowadays under 25 don't have a lot of life experience. You mm -hmm, know? That's right. Um, and so I was there and that was a big soul searching, right? Like, you know, who are you? You know, you're, you're meeting people, you're doing this. And I met my wife two days after I told myself where I was finally kind of comfortable in my skin. And I said, you know what? I don't want to meet anybody. Because in residency, you say you kind of want to meet somebody. So I was job interviewing. I got a job interview. I was going to go from, you know, peanuts to big old almonds of money, right? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do some travel medicine. I'm just going to rack up the bank. I'm going to pay off my student loans. This was two days before I met my wife, okay? Two days before I met my wife. And I'm going to be, you know, so I'm going to stay single, you know? And, and Okay. I met my wife at a coffee shop. Okay, we were. I, I was. It was Lux Cafe off Central in Phoenix, 
And I always used to study. There was a table like this, and at this end here, it was on the wall, and the chargers were there, and that's where I like to sit. There was only one seat available. I saw it. Didn't even see her, really. I just went in, and I saw this here, put my stuff down. I had a sandwich from next door, which is Pani Bianca, um, which I don't know if you know Bianchi Pizza or ever been like, I'm all... He has a, he's obviously on a Netflix special for his pizza. Okay. Okay. And he's got a sandwich shop. It's all natural. And it's a tomato mozzarella, you know, with, um, with olive oil and then a side of balsamic. Okay. So I would always go, I remember it, trust me. I, I put down my thing, you know, you get your computer ready and then I got my coffee. I got my sandwich. I open up my sandwich. I have a bite. And then immediately it's like, damn it. Just pee so I could just sit down, you know, and then go at it. I look up and I see her, you know, this beautiful, you know, she's she's gorgeous. And I said, as a joke, I said, you know, because she's staring, not really at me, she's looking at my sandwich. <laughs> but I say, hey, I'm gonna go to the restroom real quick. Do you mind watching watching my stuff? She goes, yeah, yeah. And I said, and then she didn't even look up at me. And I said, and you have a bite if you want, as a joke. So I go to the bathroom and I just, I pee, and I'm probably back in, in three minutes. Dude, I come back, and she is halfway through my set. <laughs> okay. Yeah, was she was like, joking now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so, so I was like, all right, well, you know, pretty much, I was like, well, how about, how about uh, can I feed you later? Do you want to go on a date or something? You know, like, you know, and she's like, yeah, yeah, you know. So then we're sitting down and put my headphones, and just saw his head and just, you know, smile back and forth or whatever, and then, um she's about she's about to like so so i said um uh what's it called um i i you know at that point i was gonna get a refill and, and then and i was like hey i'm gonna get her she goes oh yeah i'm gonna go and i said like, okay so you know get your number get her number and and um and i get i get up i get up to to go get a cup of coffee right like a refill of coffee and and she's like yeah yeah i'm gonna go and she's she was already you know packed up and stuff like that so i remember i get up Right, and I'm walking towards the thing, and it's a pretty busy place. And all I hear is like clack, 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 clack. And I look back, dude. I'm thinking, no, well, she, my wife, you hide at, like she's bolting out the door in crutches. That had no idea she was in crutches. Oh. And I was like, what just happened? Like, <laughs> like what is wrong? And then like, it's like, what is like. Who is this girl? You know what I mean? Like, because I just, you know, and then she, like she gets in the car, she's mentioned, I just twisted my ankle, I just twisted my ankle. That's all it was. Then I was like, what? That, you know, like, no, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, what, what is going on? She was just bolting, dude, out the door because she didn't want to know, she didn't want me to know that she was in crutches. <laughs> she was embarrassing. Oh, she, like, hit, like three chairs, you know, like, oh, oh my gosh. Gosh. it's great. <laughs> but, you know, like, she was determined. She didn't fall over nothing. She was determined. Like, she was getting out. And then, and then, and so, but then she texted me. She was like, I just, just switched my ankle. That's all it was. That's all it was. That's all it was. Like, that's okay. great. Yeah. That is awesome. So that's 2015. Yeah. How and long? so, and I met her on my parents' anniversary of March 11th. Oh, wow. that's crazy. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of cool. That yeah. is kind of cool. cool. Um, I love it. Yeah. So, uh, and two days after I said, no way I want to meet anyone. <laughs> I don't want to meet Life changed. Yeah. Yeah. Don't claim it because you may yeah. not get to keep it. No, I know. Yeah. So be careful what you, you know, what you, yeah. what you want. And um, so we, I went into that relationship with telling her off the bat, hey, listen, I don't know, like, I got a job, but it's not far. Actually, it was in Kingman, so it was like a two and a half, three hour drive on the way to Vegas, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, it was a locum's job, you know, there, and, but I really liked it, and it's seven days on, seven days off. Mm -hmm. So the first date, 
I, um, uh, you know, we have a first date, and I actually cooked for her because I said it was like, you know, if you have a sprained ankle, like, you want to come over, I'll make some food. And I made, um, to like, I mean, it doesn't sound good, but I made lamb and tuna. Like, it's like, I mean, lamb chop and like a, a nahi tuna steak on um, like cucumber and corn, cilantro, like mix. And, I mean, it's delicious, but the, like lamb and tuna fish. It is <laughs> an odd combination yeah, yeah, but it's, when you right. hear it. It's bomb. <laughs> yeah. It? It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a seared ahi tuna and, yeah. you know, and, and, uh, and lamb chops, you know, grilled, uh, grilled lamb chops. And, you know, we, we hit it off. I mean, the first day we hit it off and... Because of everything else and did finding myself and saying I'm going to do it, I was very free to just tell her everything. You know, like I was, I just told her about the divorce, told, you know, told her about the job, told her about everything. And, and so was she. And then, and then on the third date, on the third date, she was, she was, we were, she was leaving my garage and, and, and by the way, it felt very free by the way, you know, because I knew she knew that I was doing this right. And, um, and on the third date, she goes, I've got to tell you something. And I was like, um, okay. <laughs> you know? Um, and, and and she's like, well, I just don't know. I'm scared. I was like, listen, do you want to, like, unleash garbage? Anything I haven't said? And I just thought of, like, other little things, you know, that, you, you know, that, you know, skeletons, I guess. And I was like, do you, like, do you want to go first? And she's like, yeah, I'll go first. I'll go first. And she goes, she goes I have a kid. And I was, and, and I was like, okay. She goes, does that bother you? I was like, well, I mean, it's not my first choice. I don't want to meet him tomorrow, but this is really nice. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is really, really nice. You know, like, I, I don't have a problem. And I also said, and by the way, blah, 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 you know, divorce, blah, 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 you know, like just, just spit out, <laughs> get it all off your chest. You know what I mean? And the and pressure's off at that point. There's nothing to hold. There's nothing, like, there's nothing like, blah, diarrhea of the mouth of like throwing it all out, you know? Mm. And she went home and, you know, saw each other that. And then about a month later, um, about a month later, um, my mom comes to visit. And I don't introduce girls to my mom. Like, I, you know, like that, that's, I'm not, I'm not saying I had it, but my point right. is, like, they're, 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 they're not the fling of the week, you know. Um, and I had a dog, Biwe, who's still still around. And, I, you know, she's there after she met, she met, she met Yehida and she met Santiago, you know. And the next morning, I wake up and I'm walking my dog. I made coffee for us, and you know I'm out there and I'm walking the dog. And then she stands next to me outside, and she's like, "No, thanks for you know, thanks for sharing. Like, what do you think?" And I said, and I said, um, I said, you know, I mean, I I really love it. You know, I didn't expect, you know, when I said to stay single to meet a single mom. You know, um, and my mom goes to me. She goes, "Fucking tell me about it." Walks back inside. And then I realized it's like my father's first wife died incredibly young, Marta, of breast cancer. Oh. So my brothers and sisters are, which I you you would never know from anything I tell her or anything of our definition, but they're technically my stepbrothers. Ah. And my mom, you know, they were. I think they were like eight, six, and three or something. I mean, they were they're super young. Yeah. My mom was like, yeah. Tell me about it. Just walks back inside. And I'm just like, touche. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> like, what does that matter, man? 
Right. That's like that's what you grew up with your whole life. That is a that's profound from deep, mom right there. She blessed that man. Oh, dude. Man. I wow. That was like that. That was not even a sledgehammer. That was just a no. bulldozer. Just like right. Oh, what? You're an idiot, man. Like look in front of. Ah, you're it's, not an idiot. No, but what I know, and I, that's the wrong word. But what I'm saying is, is look. Look at how beautiful that could be. I mean, yes. the reason why my wife and I are together is because she was a single mom. Like, yes. I was independent. I, I was going into being a physician. I, I like, I could just when you're when you've gone through stuff. That's the thing. Like, she was as young as the people I was seeing, but she's gone through something. And when you go through something, stuff like you're divorced, no kids, and it's yeah. fine. Like, okay. Yeah. Right. Did you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You know, and and also you can brush things off. I mean, I think that's really the big thing. Like all of us have idiosyncrasies. All of us have issues. All like we're all weird. We're all yeah. crazy in our own ways. And and when you've gone through stuff, man, you can get over stuff. Right. You guys. No, we're good. No. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. We, we're going to have to get we're going to have to wrap up soon. Yeah. But. Your story is amazing. Yeah. And no, oh, what do you got to be sorry? What do you got to be sorry about? No. Uh, if he has to go and we're not finished, uh, sure. We'll yeah. we'll just we'll yeah. just keep going. Okay. But, well, I mean, I can come back too. I mean, if you well, want to do that, we we may do that. But okay. Well, uh, okay. but you are right. It's uh, it, it it's almost like we have to go through those things right i mean and it, it's all the things that even whether you perfectly knew in the moment are definitely figured out later going through uh all of the trials to get through medical school then yeah. get then coming in and out of the marriage right. you know and then like I say, it, it's kind of interesting how these uh these little swirls of events will cross yeah. and here you're standing there talking to your mother mm-hmm. and you're like oh my goodness that now it makes perfect sense yeah and i love that part and, of the story I mean, and literally fucking tell me about it it just walks right back inside like nothing yes and my mother's never been that quiet right yeah like ever like and then she goes and she sits down just continues to have coffee (laughs) just like (laughs) you nailed that one mom yeah and um so you know it and after that it was i mean i I met met the love of my life man i mean she she um she made she really did i mean i i didn't know what i mean i, I was in love i guess before but not that love you know yeah. not 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 that love um i not that love it's yeah. a different love when it's you learn to love, love yourself first yeah oh my god and you you learn to be a man right and then you invited someone else into your life Right. And that was and that was the other thing, like, you know, even even before that, the reason why I wasn't worried about it is kind of like, man, you know, I wanted to be a dad. Right. And it's kind of like I actually, you know, if if it was a year or two before without seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, I could see where that would be a little tricky. Like Mm -hmm. there was a there was a girl I dated, you know, before that, that had a kid and I, I just I couldn't. Like I couldn't commit to it, you know right. what I'm saying? Like, and she, you know, cute girl and stuff like that. But it was just, it wasn't. Like, no, uh, yeah. you know, like every now and then I'd see her or something. But it was just never, right? You know, um, it just was not possible. It wasn't in in my head. But then yeah. at that moment, it was kind of like, I can provide. I'm, I'm you yeah. know, this is great. It's a good kid. 
dad's not in the picture, hmm. you know, at exactly. least for now. I right? think some of those waters even run, uh, they run deep, but even deeper. And the phrase I often use with folks is, um, I don't know, I don't know how the ways to put it together, but kind of psycho-spiritual, like, like psychologically I can assess and I can see the situation, but when there's something more deeper, more yeah. spiritual. So like the, the person you met previously who had very similar life situations, yeah. there wasn't that component. But no. when you met your wife, yeah. it, it is, it's like you can't even explain it. No. It just it, is. Yes. It, and and uh, and your mother saw it. Oh, yeah. Super. Oh, yeah. Beyond endorsing. That was a blessing, man. She that was. Like, yeah. Well, I, I've, my mom has never, ever made a point like that to me in her entire life. Wow. She's never communicated to me like that ever. I've never, ever, ever felt that type of communication with my mom never and, and it's so profound that you yes. know that yes. it, there's no way not to you know what i'm saying like, oh, she true. can't tell me oh no i did this before no yes i don't even think it was her does it was make, her soul speaking yeah, to your I soul. Even, I don't even, dude, I've never seen her do that and then sit down like nothing. Like not even go to the <laughs> kitchen to go clean something. Like she just sat down. She was. I've never seen her in a trance like that. In the zone. That's in the zone. Great. Yes. Yeah. That's it was great. great. Uh, Thank you, man, for sharing that. And what a journey. What a story. Thank you. I appreciate. It. I look forward to hearing the rest of it. You know, yeah. but. Uh, uh, but I especially love that connectedness moment because not just meeting your wife, but that connectedness with your mom. We already had a good relationship, mm -hmm. but after that, it's it, it's, yeah. it's a bond that can't be separated. Oh, amazing. man, it yeah. was. Um, yeah, I mean, my again, my mom was always the most loving. But uh, yeah. from there, yeah. to find a partner also that you can also incorporate, you know, yeah. family. I mean, yeah. that's thank God. Thank oh God. yeah, that's right. Absolutely, that is that is perfectly put. After meeting, after meeting my son Santi and meeting uh, Yahida, which at that time it was still pretty early in the relationship, meaning like I didn't have a ton of time with Santiago at that point either. Mm -hmm. um, and so you know, so it wasn't. This, this wasn't like, you know, here's this child that I have a big relationship with or, you know, and, you know, and, and this woman that we've established, you know, a, a any formal role. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? It mm -hmm. was more like introduction and it was still pretty early in the relationship. But the relationship, I you know, between Yahida and I grew, grew so, so quickly, mm -hmm. you know, even though, you know, like I said, like after she ate my sandwich, you know, like I, I already took a, I already took a job, you know, that was travel medicine. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and it wasn't far, you know, it was like a two and a half hour drive, but it was still seven days there and seven days back. And, and I think that's one of, you know, a lot of men won't think it's like, Oh, how are you, you know, it's never first on the list, I guess, to date a single mother. Right. You know, like, especially at my age, young, you know, at that point. Right. And, so, so when that, when, when it initially started, I think one of the big things is when one, you are an established person now, right? You know, I, I was coming out of residency, like real full career. And, you know, I said to myself, I don't want to meet anybody because I'm going to do this. And then you meet somebody and, you know, what makes a good relationship is, you know, how honest you are in the beginning, because when you're at that rate, you know, 28, 29, 30, everybody's had exes, everybody's had issues everybody has you know call them skeletons or past or 
your own idiosyncrasies that it's hard to be with somebody the older you get, right? Like I mean, everybody's carrying bad. Everybody's carrying bad. Well, not and not only that, everybody has what they need, and, right? Okay. You know, and, and want, right? So we established very quickly, you, you know, that it's like, hey, I'm going to do this. And, and I think it's because when you've gone through something, like I went through the divorce and she went through a terrible, you know, situation where, you know, the father was never involved and she was a single mother, right? I mean... And when you have gone through something, though you have what you want, you also like, don't let little things bother you either, right? You know what I'm saying? Like there's other things that are more important. Like if this person doesn't fit, <laughs> this is gonna fit. This is my child, right? Just like, you know, for a divorced person, it's like, hey, you know, I know that I can't live with this. I think that's the biggest thing you learn in a divorce. And a lot of people talk about wants, but after a divorce, I think you learn what you don't want <laughs> you find your boundaries yeah you find you find your boundaries you know yeah um so so that was very quickly you know we were able to you know by on date three um this is before you know i this before she before she met my mom and my mom met everybody i'll never forget we were it was a third date and you know people were like oh when do you say this or when do you say that like at that point i didn't say i was divorced right you know or anything like that and and not not because you know was it just the conversations that you know we went the first date we had dinner the second date we we um, went hiking we did Camelback and it was like more of an adventure day you know and then the third date you know she came over again and she was leaving that night and she became like super flustered we were I was walking her out and we were walking out through the garage and she was like flustered flustered she's like I gotta tell you something you know and I'm just like okay well you know like what do you like you want to just I don't, I don't know why I said it, but I just said, hey, do you want to get rid of all the baggage in a couple sentences? You know what I'm saying? Because we were so good. Like, I mean, it yeah. felt really good. It was very fresh, very easy, mm -hmm. right? And and she goes, okay, well, I have a kid. And I was like, all right, well, I've been... I've been divorced, you, you know, <laughs> like, you, uh, you know, and, you know, this and this distance job and, you know, all, all of that. Like, I, you know, I don't have any kids. I There's nothing, you know, from from my past marriage, but that's there. And, you know, and um, and she goes, well, does the kid bother you? And I said, well, I don't want to meet him tomorrow. Right. But I I don't mind where this is going. I mean, I, you know, we've been honest with each other, like and and it was. And it wasn't lust, you know, if that makes sense. Like, it was yeah. a very pure, like, man, this person makes me feel good, you, you go. know? Right. And it was the first time, you know, the first time I ever felt that. I mean, I think you feel it and you feel butterflies with other relationships, but I never felt that that comfort, you know? Balance. That balance, mm -hmm. right. The, the ability to just talk to somebody and say, you know, say that you're divorced and it's like, okay, you know, like the acceptance of people who have gone through things is unlike any other. Yeah, I, I felt I, the release yeah. from vulnerability. Yeah. You were able to be vulnerable yeah, and exactly. not be afraid. Very vulnerable and 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 just okay, lay on your judgment. And it was like and 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 and, and then it's it's basically two spades saying that they're spades, right? I think it's right. the right thing to, to say it. Like it's like, <laughs> well, I mean, how am I gonna judge you? You, you know, like mm. there's nothing to judge you for a divorce. There's nothing yeah. to judge you for being a single mom. Yeah. You just said it, and it's like, all right. Right. Next. Next, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll see you tomorrow, right? Right. He goes all right. So literally, that's how it went. It's like, okay, see you tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. All right. And you know, and that's the really, and that's kind of why when my mom came about 
probably like just over a month and a half or something of us dating and seeing each other often. Um, you know, my, we went to, basically, they came to the house. We, we ate, we went out to eat and stuff and had a good lunch and, um, you know, they went home and then, you know, we, there was at that point, it was like seven, eight o'clock at night which with, with the hour change. So like my parents went to bed and the following morning, both my wife, my, my mom and I wake up early. So we're, it was like probably like six in the morning and I'm walking the dog outside and, you know, I made coffee. And so I'm sitting right there where, you know, let my dog go. And then she walks outside and, and she goes, it's all right. So, you know, you don't normally introduce us to you know like i'm very conscientious of that you know and uh and i said no but yeah i mean everything's everything's really good you know and um she goes yeah you know you look look happy and and then i was like yeah so i never never thought you know the whole single mom thing you know and that's when she goes and i'm sorry i'm gonna say the word but she goes yeah fucking tell me about it and just <laughs> drop the mic you know and i don't that's not the way she normally talks, like I said, you know, normally she's would say more, but she just mic dropped that on me. And I was just like taken aback. I was like stunned. I was stunned. And I was like, well, what do you mean by that? You know, in my head. Right. And then, you know, when you think about it, it's like, yeah, I mean, my brothers, my, my brothers and sisters, you know, so my sister who's the oldest, my brother and then my brother, uh, Lonnie, Leonardo, and then Christian, like they're technically all my stepbrothers and sisters, you know, like um, my father's first wife died of unfortunately very young of breast cancer mm. um and then you know he then my father met my mother and you know they were they were kids i mean they were they were babies i mean for the most part um my sister well I, they remember does that make sense but really my sister was the the oldest was the one that you know still was was you know the one that remembered her mother the most right of course and and my mom took over and they were, they were kids. I mean, they were, they were, they were kids. And, you know, my mom, you know, imagine that, right? Like imagine someone taking over three kids, right? Like, um, and it wasn't until probably, I don't know how many years later, I guess. Um, I don't know how long they were married before she got pregnant with me, but there's a 10 year gap between my brother and I. Yeah. Uh, but I think he, I think he was three or four, if if I remember correctly. Yeah, um, he was probably like three or four when 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 they met. So, it was, I mean, and it's and it's funny. Sometimes you don't, you know, how could I have said, you know, how could I have thought about a single mom situation where you know you obviously look for what you know, right? I mean, I come, my parents have an incredible marriage, right? Like. There's nothing wrong with it in my house, you know, and my brothers and sisters, I, I, I couldn't even call them stepbrothers, you know, like it, just, it doesn't even like it doesn't even register, mm -hmm. you know, for any of us. Right. Mm -hmm. um, That's beautiful. And, you know, and 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 but before that moment, you know, the, there's another that that I was like, that's not for me now. And I think that's also from the day that I I think that had a lot to do with the fact that I got a job and finally see light at the end of the tunnel. Medicine is a very long road you yeah, know and absolutely and there's so many steps right there's so many steps that you never really are allowed to really just relax and say i accomplished something which is terrible mm. you know which is actually quite terrible because mm. um i think i think that's something that is a problem for everybody not just people in medicine it's like you know how often do you just stop and say you know you've 
you've already accomplished a goal that you said you would be proud like of inventory of your right yeah. you know and 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 i would tell you that i have a lot of problems with that and i'm sure a lot of other people do like you know you take you take this big exam and then this big exam and then that big exam and what you have one day where you celebrate and then and then that's it you forget how important that step was mm-hmm. um and that's why i was able i finally saw light you know of being an attending being done um turned off that's okay sir. okay um that so finally an attending where it was like no i'm accomplished like i'm a man I mean, imagine that, like, <laughs> finishing residency was what I thought finally made me responsible. Like, what a joke. That was, you know? that was your mark. Yeah, that was a mark, you know, like, what, what, kind of a joke. I mean, if you think about it, like, you've done so much already, you know, like, I was already, you know, in the military, I owned a business, I've been all over the world, yeah. and, and, and the, the, the adultness, <laughs> if you want to call it that, like, um, was being able to look at the fact that I was going to finally finish residency, yeah. you know, um, what a, what a shame. I should have enjoyed other moments probably a little bit more. No, you know, yeah. not, no, I don't say that like shameful, but you know, so advice o- open up folks would yeah. to, to go back and don't waste that little enjoyable. Moment. Don't. Yeah. I mean, I think, and it's easier. I think, uh, yeah. I mean, all of us, right. I mean, um, Go to the, when you go to the. I think something as simple going to the park with your kid and being able to sit down and not get up after two minutes and just look at the trees, right? Like and not yeah. be looking at your phone while you're not be looking at your phone in yeah. that moment. Yeah, exactly. I mean, or mealtime yeah. at your house. Those small things, right? Yeah, that's yeah. good advice for us as coaches because you know our part of our thing is to drive people toward their purpose. You know, be driven, be driven. But we need to remember to re- to remind people like, yeah. hey. But pause and have those moments, you know. Like Enjoy you said, it. Right? Enjoy it, whether it's a park moment or whether it's a small accomplishment at a developing level. Right. I know, because I know there's more levels to go, but I'm still at this developing level. But you know what? That was cool. Yeah. And it's yeah. crazy how, like, the small things that you look back on are what had the bigger impact. Then, say, you know, you had this mark of achieving your the end of your residency as this big right. finale. But now, looking back on it, now that you have matured and you've reached... Mm-hmm. Uh, a much higher spot you can look back and you probably look at some smaller moments as more critical times more pivotal times more valuable times in your experience yeah i mean i would say i would say that the graduation of residency is not even on my i mean it's a, a radar mark you know yeah but i mean i wouldn't i i don't remember it does that make sense the way it makes the way, total sense and the, i'm gonna i want to help you i want to relate it to something i'm gonna just kind of use this as an example as parents, we we oftentimes miss the things that mean the most to our kids. Mm-hmm. I'll give you something that my daughter shared with me yesterday. My 17-year-old, we have a bunch mm-hmm. of daughters, yeah. you know, but my 17-year-old shared something with me yesterday. We were driving in the truck, uh, headed back home after a counseling appointment, and she said, Dad, do you know one of the first memories that I have with you? You know, we adopted her when she was mm-hmm. six. And I said, no, share it with me, honey. So she starts to tell me, and she said, it was my first time I got to ride in the front seat with you while you drove your truck. Mm -hmm. And she said, I looked at you, and I can remember the moment when you reminded me. She said, I looked at you, and I said, Dad, I want to do like you and Mom do. And I I remember this when she said it, and I said, what does that mean when she asked, when, when she said it? She said, I want you to hold my hand like hers. So I reached down, and I put my hand down, and she put her hand in mine, and I closed my hand. And she said, I could remember your hand was huge mm-hmm. and it swallowed my whole hand. 
but it made me feel safe. And that was a power, just a small little moment, but it meant the world to her. And it's just like, if you look back on your life in your childhood and all the way through, you remember those little things that made the big impact. It's not the grad, it's not the, it's not the residency completion. It's not the, those things are just Mm -hmm. steps. Yeah. It was exactly, exactly that, you know, like that's exactly that. What that's, that's, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. I was still, I got, I got my hair. (laughs) No, I mean, it's, it's, I, I, I remember I told you in the, like about my like my first memory with my father it was yeah. something similar like he was throwing me up yeah i remember his chain yeah you know, so, which, so oh actually I, so i'm wearing it today so That's this is chain. this is my no this is this one's my mom's oh, my, okay. my dad has but it's similar. one almost identical and i remember you know he did this right and then it would, it would hit, like i remember hitting it you know on the on the yes. way down and uh and you know and it was and i just remember you know like and i was my mom always says, I don't know how you remember that. Cause I was one or two years old or something, you know, like I, I was literally a ba- I don't even know. How, I don't even think I knew how to swim. It was just throwing me up in the pool, you know? And those things like what an impact. I, yes. when I whenever I think of, whenever I actually every single day that I see my dad and, I, and he's not wearing a shirt or something, mm-hmm. I immediately go to that moment immediately. Like oh. it's, it's unbelievable. The power oh, of, a, of a memory. That. Yes. Imagine the impact that you're having right now on your son and your daughter. Mm. Mm. So those are the moments that that we should endeavor yeah. to live in, mm-hmm. to provide those moments for our for our kids and for our family. And even for your work colleagues, you're gonna have right. those those small moments that mean the world to them. Right. So that's that's powerful that you that you went into that subject. That's yeah, it's it's um yeah, all those yeah, and and that's kind of when you when you look back. I mean, I guess from from that stage, you know, we, you know, we, I could say we could go into another stage of my life that was not far after that. Like, we made a we made a decision to move to to Texas. You know, best um, choice you've ever made. That's right. Uh, when so, so it was kind of you know I finished residency and um, it was not my it was so you know immediately you know I knew she was she was the one for me you know I, and it wasn't proposed well, yet or nothing like that. Though, even yeah, right. Yeah, you know, mama gave the yeah. mama gave the <laughs> gave the check mark, um, no. and you know so she was staying with me a lot and then you know I was, I was like you know what like. It was less than four months out of residency and, you know, bought a house, bought a house together. Mm-hmm. And um, then, unfortunately, kind of right after, you know, um, my uh, son's uh, this, uh, father, the, the biological father, uh, he got out of prison. Okay. And it was a little complicated because we got bad advice, unfortunately, from an attorney where, you know, he was never... He was never on the birth certificate, you know, and we wanted to sever, she wanted to sever parental rights, you know, and uh, unfortunately, this attorney uh, took us through a little bit of something like he got him on the birth certificate in order. Yeah, well, you know, whatever. Uh, It was it was not a good it was not not a good thing. So in order to sever parental rights, he had to which he never had agreed that he was the father he had to first establish he had to first establish that you know and, and then of course since it. he was since he was in prison and you know he went and he went to prison for I, w- I would call it something stupid he was young kid and 
um, they were taking stuff from people, you know, and, you know, I mean, unfortunately, a product of your environment, you know, and it's, it's, it's what it is for some, yeah, for some, some yeah, it's something about, you know, and, um, but when you got out, of course, you know, you, oh, I want to reestablish this. I want to reestablish that. And basically we, we wanted to do that so that we can kind of set some ground rules, you know, and, and say, all right, you know, we want you to, basically all we asked for was, all she asked for was to, to get set up with a counselor to reintroduce into his life if you're going to do it. You know? yeah. And it was like $80 sessions or something like that. Mm -hmm. And we got this whole agreement, you know, and, you know, it cost a bunch of money with attorneys for us and which whatever it doesn't, you know, and then, um, what happened was, is that once, once we agreed with that, you know, we realized, you know, Arizona is not a very friendly mom or dad state kind of thing. So we decided to move to Texas where we can kind of control, we could control that agreement a little better, if that makes mm, sense. Right. Um, when we moved, so we kind of, so we sold the house, which was a beautiful new house, and we loved it, but and we loved Phoenix. But we came down here, and you know he never bothered to do, never bo never bothered to do anything, despite him saying that he wanted to once he got out. Mm -hmm. But we came here for more for safety, because in general, like it's like you know you can't have this wild goose chase, you know, not to keep him away, because we we basically lit the path for him to do it, and he just mm -hmm. didn't follow it. So we came here because that way, if he didn't follow it, then you know, the adoption we thought, we thought would be easier. Um, from there, we started the adoption here. It took about seven years to, to finish, to finish that. That's not uh, that surprising to me. No, it's not. Actually, it's, uh, you realize that it's really incredible. I mean, we had to try to serve him, but then he wouldn't let us serve him. And then we tried, we had to put stuff in the newspaper and local radio, and mm. you have to do all these steps that they ask you to do. Hmm. And then, um, finally, after about seven years, we finally got it, you know, and, uh, which is now a year and a half, two years ago. So you have to establish a pattern of effort? Is that Yeah, fair? pretty much. Yeah, I mean, and, and he thought that it was, I don't know what he thought, but essentially, I guess he thought it was like police or something like that trying to go after him or something. I don't know. It was, you know, he's been in jail, so it's can't, a, can't blame intent, him. Intent, yeah. Intent, like okay. yeah. the motive. Like yeah, exactly. So, working to do. Yeah. So, okay. um, so we moved down here, and then we started life here, and... and Everything was great, you know, um, and um, once that happened, a, a part of my life that happened was one of my close, one of my closest friends, you know, that I grew up with, you know, we were, uh, I mean, we met when we were 11, 12 years old we, in Florida, where we started to play hockey together. Uh, and then he moved back, Kyle moved back to Phoenix. So that's where his parents were getting divorced, you know. So he went to Florida to be with his mom. And then um, and then February 4th, um, unfortunately, he was coming home and some young drunk kid was driving home from a club and he was hitting the back of their golf cart uh, in Phoenix. You know, in Phoenix, the golf carts kind of take you around to, in the clubs. And finally, like he got down, you know, and like and this kid kept hitting the golf club and then shot him. Uh, and and that was probably one of the toughest things that put me in a pretty bad spiral. Um, I didn't know how to mourn. I never, I put up a wall in, in medicine because with patients, you know, you deal with so much death, right? Yeah. And you have to be empathetic. You have to do that. So you put a wall in your personal life so that you can show empathy 
you know, at work, because obviously at work, it's, you what's happening. it's what you're... happening a lot more, yeah. you know, at work than it was outside. So you put this wall up, you know, and, um, and that led to probably the next three years, the next three years from that was two, three years was probably a really bad spiral for me. Like I didn't know how to mourn. I didn't know what the depression was. Started drinking more, um, to not think about anything. You know, we talk about smell, you know, smell the roses or look at the tree or your accomplishments. I, I couldn't, I couldn't be alone in thoughts. And, and it wasn't necessarily because I was thinking just about him. It was just like, I knew something I had to think about and I would just avoid it. Hmm. And it led to, it led to, I, you know, as far as being a dad, I mean, I was always there. I changed the diapers. I did this. And, but that, that put me in a place where I, I couldn't believe that I felt that way. You know what I mean? I, I, I couldn't believe I couldn't face it. I couldn't believe I couldn't honor him. I couldn't believe you regrets of, you know, we were supposed to go on a trip two weeks before that, you know, like spur of the moment trip, you know, like our, my relationship with Kyle was pretty incredible. You know, like we grew up in a time before, you know, cell phones were everywhere, mm -hmm. right? We had pagers and, and we were in the military together. So we would finally get a call or a letter to each other and say, hey, you know, and this was September, hey, December 15th, meet me in San Diego, right? Or, uh, you know, February 4th, you know, or February 10th, uh, you know, for, you know, his birthday, you know, his birthday's in February. He was, hey, why don't we, why don't we meet in Dubai? Or why don't we meet in, you know, we went to Peru, like, you know, we would tell each other and we didn't have to talk after that. Like, here's the hotel, same hotel as last time, and we would just meet there, you know, like that That's was, awesome. yeah, yeah, and 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 because of that, you know, he was the main reason why I chose the residency in Phoenix was to be next to him, and because of that, I didn't, I couldn't face it, you know, I couldn't face it because I didn't think it was real, I was waiting for that call or email, um, and, and it almost destroyed my marriage. I mean, it, it did. I mean, you know, because you're drinking more, you know, you're, you're, you're not, even though you're present, you're not present. Right. Um, and then you buckle down and work. So I became very successful in work. Right. You know, and then, you know, and I would drink when I was home. Remember I do 24 hour shifts. So I'd get home and, you know, then I'd you know, stop at five, six o'clock, wake up, you know, it's like, so it wasn't, never needed an eye opener or nothing like that, but it just, you weren't present on your days off, if that makes sense. Right. Mm -hmm. But it led to, you know, that was more important than, you know, you just sit at home versus going to the park versus, mm -hmm. you know, versus going for a walk with your wife, going for a jog, exercising, do, you know, doing the things that you should do with, with your family. And, um, and it took me a long time. I mean, luckily my wife, being who she is, she's like, Hey, this is, you know, this has got to change, you know? So she, she, I, I started to go to counseling, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, the more successful you are, you say, you don't need it. I can do this myself, which mm -hmm. is totally BS. Mm -hmm. Um, it's completely BS, mm -hmm. you know? Um, that's actually not true. The more successful you feel, do you feel, yeah, that's, that's the more yeah. successful a person becomes, the more they want counseling and coaching. Because when you're in a good, us. I think yes. when you're in a good place, when they're so, healthy, that's you know, right. and this, right. you know, what, what, what happens, what happens with drinking, right. Is you realize, you realize you're escaping, but you don't realize that. Right. Mm -hmm. And 
on in this society, there's two measures of success that people. I'm not saying they're the right ones. I'm no. just telling you, there's two yeah. measures of success. There's there's your house, and then there's work. Hmm. And unfortunately, unless you're very mature and you're very open or have gone through something, you think the work one is more important. Mm -hmm. There's a period of time where you always are going to think you can come home in your comfort zone. I'm doing this and I'm working and I'm successful and I'm paying these bills and I'm doing this and you can take it out on. When you hit rock bottom, people think they hit rock bottom because they messed up at work. You already hit bottom. You messed up your home. Yeah, that's the real bottom. Right. But you don't ever see that bottom unless you can come out of the light on the other one. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the biggest lesson, you know, that I learned. It was like the success was coming. And when you really reflect and you really see that problem and you, you know, can stop drinking. Right. And then you see, man, what a mess up I did here, yeah. you know, and it wasn't angry. It wasn't, right. you know, mm -hmm. it was just you're testy, meaning. Mm -hmm. Instead of being able to show your kid, you know, or like, for instance, go wash the cars. Instead of showing them with them, let's go, you wash, just, the let's go wash the cars. Yeah. You know, you just make him do it, you know, and it's just like, it's not of a chore and seeing some responsibility and seeing their dad next to him. Mm -hmm. It's just like, oh, I got to, you know, I got to, I got to go do this, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then if they don't do it right, you, you're like, oh, you got, you know, and then instead of helping him, you, you mm -hmm. just tell him that he didn't do it right, you know, mm -hmm. and that's the part that you failed at. And. You know, what we were talking about earlier, like, that's what I got to fix, you know, and because to me, what I never had a problem at work. So luckily, mm -hmm. thank God, you know, um, never came to that. But one of the concepts that we use a lot in coaching and counseling is uh, it's the contrast between complementary behavior and complicating behavior. Yeah. Complementary behavior basically is like a compliment. It radiates. But but complicating behavior is a consumer. It, it sucks. Yeah. And so it's going to suck the life out of something. Right. And like you're saying, right. family or work, or eventually there will, we will reach a, a threshold of erosion. And even in medicine, uh, by the time people reach, you know, you yeah. as a doctor, there's already been a rate of decline. And right. So they're, now they're in pain. Well, they didn't wake up in pain. Right. That's a result of something. Right. And I try to remind people of when they come in our offices, I say, you know, when it hurts, okay, they didn't wake up like that. And so we, we do a little reverse engineering so we can, we can see that pattern of complication, whatever the complication is. Right. And uh, a, a very uh, successful restaurateur in Houston who's been doing it for three to four decades, uh, he also compared and contrasted uh, success versus failure. And he said success sometimes in the hands of the wrong person breeds complacency, mm -hmm. whereas failure in the hands of the right person could bring tremendous success. So you're sitting here describing this little failing season of life. But what came out of that, which I'm, I'm anxious to, I'm looking yeah. forward to hearing what came out of that season is really what was bright and brilliant. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, when, you know, you have a kid, right. And, you know, some of the things that were happening, right. So for instance, you have a kid and, you know, your wife changes, right. Your, your, her body changes, right. You know, her ability to not, you know, to be patient with everything. I mean, my wife, man, I can't, she's a saint too. I mean, what, what, what an incredible human being to be, to say the least, like, you know, we, we have, everybody has needs, right? And when I was there, but not there, right? And doing all these other things, you know, you also don't know what you're doing, you know, like you, you, you're still a couple, right? So things like, for instance, intimacy, right? You know, you, 
you don't you you think hey you know let's let's do this right and you don't realize what she's going through you don't right. realize that it's painful right you know because of the body changes or the mood is hard like she just has this baby on her you know like always touching her and yeah. always needing her and then mm -hmm. and then my boy who's older you know not getting attention and 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 she feels that as a mother you know and then you you know, trying trying to pounce her, you know, as well, you know, and then so there's like like you know, overload, you know, and then and and when when you're not yourself, this was one of the one of the things, one one of the failures that that, that I did is, you know, was you're doing that and there's a very negative reinforcement. That's not positive reinforcement. It's very negative, you know, and and then. You know, you so you keep doing that, and then and then you know a year goes by. You know, when you have kids, a year goes by quick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now you have this year of you being, you know, smelling like a drink or something like that, and wanting to, you know, to be with her, and and you didn't, and you forgot the cuteness of dating, and and yeah. and, and and being intimate, and maybe not necessarily being intimate, just holding her, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. ask her what she needs, and because you think you're more important, you know, and, and that's not the case. No one's more important. Doesn't nobody's ever more important. You're, 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 you picked a partner because they're your equal, right. And they're making you better. And, and that negative, you know, was something that took a long time to get over. Right. And it's, we're still not over it. Well, what happened is you, you got consumed in a pattern of, of an addiction. Yes. And then in that time, you became a consumer of attention as well as exactly. chemicals, okay? Mm -hmm. So while you were becoming, while you were acting as a consumer of attention, you know, feeding yourself, you lost empathy. You lost empathy, but what you created on the negative side of it were triggers right. in her. So yeah. every time now that she would smell you, right? every time that she would see the look in your eyes that told her... exactly. She had these negative attachments right. to those, and they were all yeah. And still, while still trying to be your wife, right? Yes. You know, and he loves you, obviously. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you do love each other. You, I mean, when you pick a strong partner, they wouldn't stick around if they don't love you. You know, right. and um, and that you know was one failure. You know, um, that's one failure that 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 you for the the husband and wife. You know, the the other was. Um, during that time, also, I didn't realize, and remember, we're two medical professionals. I also didn't realize how, doesn't matter how much love you tried to give, and obviously I wasn't given the right love because of the substances, right? Like, you're, you're smothering them, right? And you don't realize how much of the previous trauma of, you know, the biological father, like, not being there, right. you know? And... It doesn't matter how much love you give somebody, right? You know, if it, like it's 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 innate almost, right? You know, like there's a fear. There's it doesn't matter if it's you know if my family was always there for her and 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 knowing that I'm not going to leave, I wasn't the biggest failure I ever did. One of the biggest you know things that I didn't provide for her was like that substance didn't give didn't allow me to give her that part that she needed. You know mm -hmm. that comfort that that um that I'm there that you know that nothing is more power like I don't need anything besides you that's that's a big thing like I needed that you know I 
that disease overcame more. And it's like, she looked at it. I, I mean, and she's never told me this, but my guess, you know, after reflecting is probably like, I might not have left, but I'm also not there. Mm-hmm. Well, it, Did, you, it, it you know, be, like, yes, if I could be so bold, yeah, by all means, you, it, we people in general, but you in your state, in your pattern of behavior, you put your faith in this substance for your escape. Mm-hmm. And she felt the loss of faith in y'all's relationship rather than you being able to lean on that relationship as your rock, as your place of vulnerability and safety, mm-hmm. you sought. Yeah, exactly. So you're, you're not... So there's a deprivation. Yes. Yeah. He dep- well, he deprived himself, but then he also deprived her sure. of right. letting her be there for him. Yeah, and also... I didn't help her, you know, not feel that, right? Yeah. So I basically did the same thing. Yeah. You know, you don't have to leave to not be present. That's right. You know, um, and that's, that's a quote. You don't have to leave to not be present. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, it's, it's, um, you know, and... Words of wisdom from Dr. A. Just <laughs> <laughs> throwing that out there. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's... <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I mean, that was, that was probably... When I look back, that's probably the biggest thing I could say, wow, you know, like that's a bottom, mm-hmm. you know, that's, you know, and he, because how inappropriate can you think that you were any better, you know, just because you were home, mm-hmm. you know, and, and luckily, again, luckily there wasn't a shortage I, in my mind, you know what I'm saying? Like I was in love, you know, like mm-hmm. at least you know, there's that, right? Like, you know, and, but, but you're right. You, you know, you, you threw the importance, the faith, you know, the, uh, into something else that is just something, you know, that is, you know, in reality is, is, it, I wouldn't, maybe weakness is not the right word, but it's hollow. It's, it's a hollow, it's, it's a hollow presence that you put in, into something to take over this part when, when you had all the tools in front of you, you know, like, mm-hmm. And you gave it to something else, and and it's hard to see that. I mean, most uh, you know, and uh, again, until you stop, and until you can actually think about it, and until mm-hmm. you can reflect, like you could, you would, you would just think the alcohol is a problem. No, you were the problem. <laughs> you yeah. were the problem. <laughs> you know, like the you beauty, let that happen. You know, is I love that you said that because if you can see that, if people can see that, that that we are the problem, then. The great advantage of knowing that is we are also the solution. Correct. Oh, it's so easy to throw it out. Yeah. That, then you can heal and you can change and you right. can improve from that moment forward. Yeah. You, somebody used the phrase we were in, in uh, our, our offices are here, by the way. Uh, it's not just a studio. It's also a working <laughs> office, but friends. But uh, they use the words uh, in looking for a relationship. I'm looking for a witness to my life. I know that's something we probably hear in movies or sure. whatever. And I ha- asked them to uh, explain that a little bit more. And they said, you know, successes and failures. I need somebody who's going to witness it all. And and part of that witness is also that loving confrontation. So what she did was she loved you. This is another phrase somebody used, but she loved you well, mm-hmm. meaning even in your illness, I'm mm-hmm. going to love him well. And if even if that's a little bit harsh, yeah. that's still well love. Yeah. And uh, but she not only witnessed, uh, you know, the the uh, the vulnerability because you lost 
you know your best friend, one of your best friends, mm-hmm. and all of those questions and and uh, and and even that we feel uh, uh, powerless. You know, like well, I couldn't do anything to stop that. Right. And I have to. My mind's trying to accept it while I'm running all of these compartments of my life. But she also witnessed you pull yourself out, which is what Rob was just referring to, which is the success story that came from. Yeah, I mean, so remember, I mean, I didn't know why I wanted to be a physician, but, you know, Ryan, when I was a kid, you know, passed away and couldn't save him. And and I think that has a lot to do with this, you know, that I put up a wall for that one and I broke it down with, you know, these two best friends, you you know, Mm -hmm. and. What, you know, and I couldn't save him, right? I couldn't do anything. And then on worse, couldn't couldn't mourn him. Couldn't even listen to country music for a year. I'm not kidding. I mean, it's like, I, I, and not not because it, I just immediately would turn it off. Like it, 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 it took, it was a negative, was negative, yeah. if that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. You, you're not opening your eyes. You're not doing those things. And, um, and it's shameful because he brought so much like life to me, right? And to everybody around him. I mean, everybody around him, you know, I mean, to 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 his dad, to his friends. I mean, that like, I mean, he would go out of his way to help anybody. I mean, he was a fireman, you know, he did three tours, you know, and some punk 18-year-old kid with a gun, you know, is where, you know, where where this person the story ended. Where the story ended, you know, and and you know, what a promising future, promising individual, like. I mean, he would sell, I mean, if he was out, you know, and someone was cold, he'd take his shirt off, not just because he was shredded and ripped and wanted to show, but just because like, you know, he was giving it to you. He would give it to a guy, you know, not just a girl, you know? Mm And, and, and just, you know, it was just felt, you know? And then, and then you think what, what, you think of the, unfortunately with deaths, you know, you can think two things about it, right? And I learned with him is like, I never in my life want a death to make me think that I can do something differently. That will never happen hmm. again. Never. It, people need reminders, you know, like a death is like, oh, I'm going to do this now or I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. When, when I stopped this and I faced, you know, what it was, right, and I faced my family, that was the real bright light. Like never again does something that dramatic like a death or you know, not losing of a job. I mean, something like that. When you lose something that important, right? Like your friend or a parent. And it's permanent. And it's permanent. And it is like, you know, I don't ever want a death to tell me that I need to do something different, right? That I'm going to stop this or, Mm -hmm. you know, like a new year, new year's resolution is a watered down version, but like, there's no moment that needs to be had where I got to do this differently. You know, mm-hmm. like that's the biggest, that's probably the biggest thing. Like with all of this, mm-hmm. it's like, stop, you know, you don't need a reminder. You should be doing that. You should literally be thinking, you know, and that's why stopping drinking was very easy. Believe it or not, was, has been very simple because I've never looked into myself. Right. So like, I don't mean write down what you need to do. You know what I mean? Like I need to go to the grocery store. Right. I need to write this paper. Mm-hmm. I need to, you know, balance books or, you know, I mean, really just, can you sit and say, what's on your mind? What's bothering you? What do you need? What do you want to improve? And I've never done that. Mm-hmm. As a kid, it was 
sports, and then military, then school, and then the test, and Just the test, busy, and the test. Busy, busy. So you never, you, I never enjoyed passing step one. I never enjoyed finishing med school. I never, because it's like residencies next. I never enjoyed, you know, the steps or the exams we take, you know, almost like the bar, but we have like four or five, six of them. Yeah. Each kind of year, you know, right. and then after. So, and then, so you never, I never, like, you never sit and enjoy them. So I don't ever want a reminder. That's the biggest thing. Like, I'm reflecting now because I don't ever want to need a reminder to be able to look into myself to be better. That's mm -hmm. where you're the problem. Like, I'm the problem for not being able to do that, you know. Mm. And you can't do it with substance clowning your mind. There's, right. It's just impossible. There's a lot of highly functional individuals that are alcoholics. And other substances, is that? Yeah, any. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, unfortunately, in, in my world, you see it. I think... You know the the hard drugs associated with with individuals like attorneys or doctors or you know finance guys. You know very successful people, and they only measure their success at work. You know that's why a lot of these guys are married three or four times, right? And they don't ever see the failure, you know, because they're successful at work. You know, and they they turn to these things, and they never self reflect. All they when they self reflect, they're like, "Oh, I need to close this deal. I need to close that." Right. That's not self reflecting. That's not that, That's not what you need. You know what I'm saying? That's money. You know, um, what I forget who it was. I was listening to a podcast, and, and um, it might have been even Charlie Munger, but he said, "You know, the true measurement of success." you know, is not financial. And of course, when you hear a guy that wealthy, you know, mm -hmm. you have to wait to hear the rest. But he says the real success um, uh, is, uh, it was actually Jordan Peterson. Uh, he said is um, that your kids want to hang out with you mm -hmm. when they're older. That's a good one. You know, mm -hmm. and, and think about that, right? Like I have a 15 year old that would rather be playing PlayStation, you know, than hang out with me. And then I have my five-year-old that she she would th throw anything away just to hang out with you. You know what I mean? But when they're older, you know, when they're 20 and married or 30 and married and, you know, and out of the house, that's real success, right? Do they want to come to your house? Do they want to hang out with you? Is mom and dad the people that I still want to hang out with, right? Um, and that's the real measurement of success. And, and, and it's not money related too, right? Because... How many countless homes I know in South America that they're not wealthy and, and the kids are always coming home and they're always coming for lunch. And that's really that's really it. And and you'll never get there with all these other things taking over your life because you're not going to be fun to be around. Right. Because you're not looking at them with priority of not just how your day is. You know what I'm saying? Like, or just like you said, you learn and fail. It's like, when was the last time you asked your kid, what did you fail at today? Yeah. Yeah. But you can grow, and I can show you something. As opposed to how's it? Oh, show, tell me the good things. What? So then you can't teach them anything. That's when, right. When I'm teaching folks, uh, and it's kind of weird to say it like this, but the fundamentals of communication. So a couple is sitting in my office, and they say, "Well, okay, let's just start with the fundamentals, uh, because you'll expand it naturally." But if you can go home and ask these three questions at the end of each day, what went well? Right. Well, tell me something that went well today. And it could be any, one one little thing. I don't need the full story. Yeah. And then the next one is, well, is there anything that could have gone better? And then as a result of that question, and what could you have done better about that? Just those three questions right there is measure of success, if you want to say it like that. And then that ambition for what's coming. Right. You know, and, and it's okay if it didn't go well. Yeah. Because I believe that you will. 
Right. And I can leave it at, at ellipsis. You yeah. will. And then you will fill in the blank. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you definitely, I mean, there's no successful person that has not gone through trials and tribulations, Indeed. right? There's, there's none. They and, are and you're attractive people in society. Right. We're comers. Exactly. I mean, and, and if you don't fail in anything, I mean, that's literally the definition of IQ, right? You have to solve a problem. You're like, not human if you're not right. failing. I mean, if, you're not you're not making growth. You're not creating if you're not failing. Right. right. It's like the it's it's if you you have to fail to have a high IQ. Like literally, like the 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 round thing doesn't fit in a square peg. You know what I mean? And therefore, you have to figure out where it goes. You know, you have to fail in order for for you to for you to even grow. You know, grow your mind, right? Um, and you know, so so that was. You know, that's been, that's one of the, so some of the challenges of my marriage was, you know, one, the substance and then not being able to see that, you know, not being able to see right. what you're affecting, you know, not, not being able to say how you're impacting your kid. You know, when a kid is, you know, there's a difference between a five-year-old and you have, you know, something that you can say it's an adult drink versus a 12-year-old, a 13 or 14 or 15-year-old seeing you do that, right? And, you know, and then because of that, you're not as patient, you know, they, they feel it. You know, um, and again, success for work, you know, I opened open businesses. Right. So I was successful here at the hospital. Right. Be, you know, became medical director. And um, and then I opened, you know, offices for you know, like wellness, you know, which is kind of ironic. Here I was with, you know, this, this, this addiction and I'm opening a wellness center for stem cells and hormone replacement therapy and, you know, well-balanced life and all this other stuff and almost not practicing what I preach, I guess, is, is the right, the right way. A little unusual. No, I know. I know. Um, but you know, it just fed into, we could probably call it ego, I guess, you know, to, of success, like what you can bring home and saying why you're doing more than the other person, you know, you're doing all those things. Right. And part of what we do in our culture and you alluded to it earlier, you know, you talked about the success measure being the mm -hmm. house or the job. But what we do, uh, unfortunately, is that we develop what we see as our identity right. in our career. And that's what it sounds like, it, mm -hmm. you know, possibly what you were doing is this was your identity. So you you, right. could, you didn't have to identify with right. your escapism. You could right. identify with your... With my work. Career. Yeah, the work ethic so, of always being there early, yeah. always, mm -hmm. you know, working hard, being the hardest worker. And mm -hmm. and um, and it's important. I mean, I'm damn proud of what I've, right. you know, done as a for a career, you know. But well, I've got a question <laughs> and a challenge for you. So the challenge is, and you're already doing it, but you mentioned earlier about uh, we, we've had a lot of discussion about the two deaths that were very impactful in your life. Uh, two of your best friends, mm -hmm. one very early and one, one later. One later. Uh, so you appear, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, to be honoring them. Not that those deaths necessarily are a slap in the face, just a wake-up call, but rather that your life is actually honoring those people that influenced your life. Would you agree with that? Um, I don't think I, I'm not completely, I, I've not completely faced the last one. Um, okay. I, I definitely, I, when I, I definitely owe a lot to him for what, how he pushed me. Um, but 
I it would be unfair for my career to honor him. Okay. That it's what what a waste of the word honor. I think. I mean, and it's an incredible career. I, it's but, not just your career. Yeah, it's your yeah, it's is um, my I have not put. I have just recently started to put my life with honor to him, if that Perfect. makes sense. That's beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's been a while is my point. So it's like I can listen to country music again, you know, and I can smile, you know, when I hear fishing in the dark, you know, and and I can I go to the gym and I think of him, mm-hmm. you know, and my, my little girl's named after him. And see, that, you know? the I challenge mean, is I wanted to challenge you that. The light of his life, his his existence still exists in you. It does, and you're continuing that. Yeah, and I honoring and, his. But I just finally started life. doing it in my personal life. Does that make sense? It's yeah, like, it makes total yeah, sense. Yeah, I mean, yes, it, with with uh, one of the big drives to be better and to be better for patients and be better for be for, a better for man, the, be a better person was was there. But now it's now it's really like. I have this picture on my nightstand, you know, and I can now I a lot of times I, I have, you know, it's, you know, you almost not turn away, but it's like, you know, you not just staring at it, you know, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And um, and and I'm I'm happy to be doing that now, you know, um, and it can get better. You know, I'm actually going this weekend to play in a hockey tournament. That's for him. You know, it's uh, it's a KB6 tournament. That was his. Um, one of his companies. How awesome. I mean, yeah, no, incredible, 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 incredible. So like I said, there was a challenge and then a question. Mm -hmm. The question is, and I want you to be soft on yourself Mm because you're pretty hard on yourself. You may not see it, but we see it. Mm -hmm. Are you a success? I'm getting there. I I mean, by all definitions of most people, I'm a success. Yes. I'm a, I'm a huge success. But it's not other people's definition. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, for me, the transition at home, you know, is in its toddler stage. That's okay. Hey, we- uh, however, you know, and, and I say that not just my direct house, right? Because for instance, you can be short with your mom. You can be short with your dad. You can, you cannot, my, the, the, my success is growing every day now, especially since I quit everything because I could, I, I, I talk, differently to my mother. I talk differently to my father. I want to see them differently. I don't just go to their house anymore. You know what I mean? And I, by the way, there was always love, but I can sit on that couch and just, even though I got stuff to do, I don't care. What if you're, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm here, I'm here, I'm here for an hour. Even though my mom wants me to be there for five, I'm like, mom, <laughs> you know, give me a second, you know, <laughs> you got your hour, you know, cause they live about an hour from my house, you know, mm-hmm. they live in the woodlands, but right. it's, you know, I live downtown. So, um, so I am so grateful and I feel so good about this success part of my life that's growing right now because it has been incredibly rewarding. And I feel this part of success way more than anything anything I have done, not with patients. I, I don't wanna, the, the, the patient is a whole nother, when I see patients, I've always, like, that's a good, I, I love what I do. But the, the, the rise of whether it's title or whether it's position or whether it's being appreciated at work, I don't think that success ever gave me as much as what I'm doing now at home. And and therefore, I'm so grateful to have opened my eyes 
of seeing that uh, alcohol has really like really took over and it's gone. Mm. You know, um, and well, I'm proud of you. I want you to hear that. Now, I want you to hear also that I see you as successful, and it's not that to say that you're successful. For, in my opinion, it's not necessarily what you have achieved. It's who you are becoming. That's the measure of success, in my opinion. That's how I view success. That's why success takes on so many different forms, so many different, you know, types of endeavors. Mm-hmm. It, because it's not about what you're doing. It's about who you're becoming. Yeah, I mean... And that's what I see you as. Yeah, and it's, and, you know, and it's and it's not just, you know, I, I, had, I had very close friends, okay? And, you know, Kyle was one of them, you know, and... And you realize what you also alienated. So I alienated, you know, my my sister who loves me, you know, and not alienated, but just like, you know, we would hang out and then, you know, you're drinking there, you know, and the other, you know, another person is Oz, someone very, very close to me who we grew up together, went to the military together as well in the Navy. And, you know, we joined together, we, you know, um, I mentioned him, you know, and we i went a long time that we would hang out and and it's like we would hang out and i wasn't even me anymore i was right. just drinking you know and I, I wasn't a reliable friend to him i i wasn't you know i didn't have my stuff together i, I instead of throwing ideas off each other it was just like you know it was it was like this child came over you know i traveled over there and and that hurt our relationship i think it did i mean i don't think it, it didn't stop our relationship by any stretch but we didn't grow. And I think when you don't grow as friends, you forget why you're friends, right? I mean, I never did. And I, I'm, again, I don't think he did either. I don't mean it that way. But it's like, why are you going to go out of your... We used to spend, you know, either Christmas or birthdays all the time together. And then then we kind of stopped a little bit. Not that we didn't talk or nothing like that. But, you know, what what was he getting out of me being messed up all the time? You know, I mean, you know, that was affected, which, you know, is terrible, right? Because... I wasn't there for him, I'm sure, for stuff that he needed. I mean, we, we talked about it. It's like he was going through stuff and he didn't call me, right? I was going through stuff. I didn't call him. And it was because it's like, well, I didn't think you'd listen, you know, is what he told me. And that that hurt, right? Because I would have. But now... But this new, being honest. No, I know. But that's my that's point, you know. But when when... Now I realize more what he said. Like at that point, you just said, like, no, I would do it. And then you kind of like, I can't believe he would think that. It's like, now I totally understand why he would think yeah. that. It's like, yeah, I was, I was half of the person I, I, I could be to him, you know. And, um, you know, even friends here, my, my friend Andrew, you know, um, just, you know, him and his wife. Like you go out and you go to dinner and, and you know, you're drinking and, you know, you're not yourself, right? So it's like not a liability, I guess you, you know what I mean? Because they're never like out of line. Does that make sense? But you're also not that fun, right? You, you know, you, you forget, you know, you the, the good conversation versus just talk about, you know, just sports, you know, you're, you know, you're like, you, you forget to enjoy, you know, what the, 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 the good joke or, you know, you're, you're not as witty. You're not as clear. You're not, you're, you're not yourself. You're, you know, you, you're not present, you're not present, you know, and, and, and it's, it's just amazing, you know, and, and again, all of this was, was major success. And that's why I say, you know, when, when you, am I successful? It's like, I'm getting there now because I got my friends back the way I want them back. I got my family back the way I want them back. I got more importantly, I got my kids, mm-hmm. you know, where, 
you know, I'm, I'm growing with them again and I'm growing with my mom and dad. I'm growing with my wife. I mean, you know, my wife is, I literally see the way she looks at me differently. Do you think you've learned how to talk better with your mom, how to talk better with your wife and how to reestablish these relationships with your friends? Do you think you've learned how to have conversations with them and communicate with them because you've learned how to communicate with yourself? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think, um, you know, and again, I'm not, you know, it's not, you don't all of a sudden become a master at meditation or nothing like no, that. You know what I mean? Not. But I think as soon as you can open the door, whether you get through to yourself or not, but actually just try and attempt to think about what you need, you immediately, you immediately go into a conversation differently. So for instance, like, I guess, you know, all, all couples will have this conversation where they can, you, instead of self-reflecting on somebody else's story to yourself, you're just listening to the story about how they're telling you about somebody else. Yeah. Right. So instead you, instead of negative energy compares, you compare yourself in that story, just other people versus just listening to the story. Mm -hmm. Right. Versus just giving a, you know, advice, you know, or, or not giving advice, just shutting up and saying, okay. Right. I think, you know, somebody says, the no one threw out the garbage today, right? And you immediately say, it's like, well, because I was busy. And it's like, well, no one Wasn't asked you to do it. It wasn't even about yeah. you. You know, it was just like, we <laughs> promised we had to throw out the garbage. <laughs> the garbage, <still> <laughs> the garbage is still there, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and I think that the second that you can, and again, does that mean everybody needs to stop alcohol 100%? No, I don't, I, I, that's, I don't. It, it would be a lie for me to tell you that I'm not going to have a glass of champagne at my daughter's wedding or my mm -hmm. son's wedding. It's not about that. It's just about you need to be very eye-opening in the sense of that it is replacing something that you may not even think exists that it's replacing, yeah. you know. And 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 remember, we don't drink to get drunk. You can drink. It, it's I, I finally figured out that alcohol is really replacing your water, which it could be with a soda. It could be with a non-alcoholic Corona. <laughs> it could be with it could be with an iced tea, right? Mm -hmm. You know, when if you're not running away from something, it is drinking something else besides water. Mm. That's all it is. It really is. But when you're running away from something, it becomes a disease and addiction. And you're drinking it with a purpose. And you're drinking it with a purpose. Yeah. And that's not what it's designed for. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And that's mm -hmm. and that's the truth. And 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 you see that when you at least attempt to think about what you need. You don't see it any other way. You, you have made some enormous strides, and you're you're illustrating right now why I would call you successful. Yeah. And something you mentioned earlier, you said I'm not a master. Well, what is a master? What is a master of anything? Yeah, All it is is someone who has perfected the craft of practice. Practice. Yeah. So if you're going to practice something and get better at it continuously. That qualifies you as a master. So don't discredit yourself. I hear you do that. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah, no, right. Success. Mm. You are a master. You are practicing to live and become a healthier man in all aspects of your life. Okay? Thank you. And I'm proud of you for that. You're doing amazing. Mm -hmm. So be cautious of your internal... <laughs> no, I, that, that is it. Yeah. I, I, internal negativity, you know, you don't want it. I mean, there, there's a fine line between internal negativity and humbleness. Right. I mean, um, and I'm, you know, trying to find that line. Right. Well, um, in order for humility to work, we, it has to be balanced with self-esteem. Right. So it's okay to be self-confident. It's okay to have confidence. That's yeah. right. And then matter of fact, if I am self-confident, it's easy to go second. 
Okay, I don't care. You know, that's right. that's the humility part. It doesn't make right. me any less that's qualified right. to go second. Or, that's right. Yeah. right. yeah, I mean, your best friend didn't give his shirt away to make him feel like a better person. He, he was already confident in himself. Right. I gave it away because that's the humility. Well, that, right. that person or maybe to show off his abs. Oh, yeah, they're good-looking abs. I call them Joe America, man. He was like <laughs> six foot one, you know, yeah. uh, you know, blonde hair, light eyes. <laughs> Like, I mean, chiseled, you know, like Michelangelo, you know what yeah, I mean? And, and um, you know, fireman and worked out. Had a, oh, you my know. goodness, we hate so, them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, that's awesome. Yeah, no, it was, it was, yeah, it's it's like, you know, we, we would go out as, you know, go out as kids and you'd take home the 10 and you were stuck with the, with the nine, you know, yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, damn yeah, it. Whatever it was. Fine, I'll clean up after you, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just you just throw them out in the club and it's like, go fishing, man, you know? Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You know? um, come on, man, we're going out. Go, go sit at the bar. I'll, I'll just, I'll prance around you. Yeah. Um, no, I'll it's, protect you from all. Yeah, I'll protect you from all the all the ones you don't yeah. want. Okay, I, I got we got we got this. You know, we got we got this. That's um, awesome. Yeah, no, I mean, and uh, but but yeah, I mean, that's all these things. Um, you know, and that's kind of the thing. I, I, I'm, it's grateful to 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 joke around with that. You know, like you, you don't do it. You almost avoid the conversation with people you don't want. You know, like can't smile about doing that. Right? You you, you don't think about those things. You know, like. Yeah, do you don't remember those small moments, you know, like, like I remember when the first time I was in Arizona and, you know, his dad picked us up and he's got this old pickup truck, you know, he still has it actually. And, you know, his dad, so our pops, we call him pops. I mean, it, it was literally like a second, it's a second dad to me. And so he had this arm was like super tanned because no air, no nothing. So he's always in, in Arizona, you know, and, and this arm just, you know, white skin, you know, and this one's like black, you know, from, from the sun. And the first time he picked me up, we, you know, we went in that car, we had a tournament in Vegas, you know, and uh, we took Barb's car, his, you know, his uh, longtime partner. And, uh, and it's just, you know, you don't think how important those memories are, you know, because you, uh, you almost, because you're drinking, you're not facing, you know, those good times. You're not, and, and, and you're not thinking, you know, and this is someone who's passed away, you know, this, this morning, my, my wife sent me a video of my, my little girl when, when she would be in her room. And when I'm at work every, every morning, my, my wife would take a video of her going to go pick her up out of the crib. And you, you forget those moments because you're consumed by forgetting other moments, mm -hmm. you know? And she sent me that and I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe like I ever like I remember these videos, like how impactful like they were, you know, you know, and you shut your mind off to all those things that matter, you know, like because you're more busy and erasing other thoughts. Yeah. And once you start to open up that floodgate, man, the endorphins, you know, the other night it was, it was a couple of days ago and I woke up at like two in the morning and I swear to God, it felt like it was like euphoria, like. You know, I was just, I woke up, you know, and thinking, you know, something stupid, but I, I just remember my, my kid was, was holding my, it was a picture that I had remember of, we were holding Penelope and my son was in the back of the shower, you know, like, you know, and I just woke up like just head on fire of like joy. And it was like 2.30 in the morning, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like all these floodgates of memories start to open up, you know? Isn't that beautiful? And, and, and again, I couldn't go back to sleep because I was just 
giggling and smiling about this moment, you know, like, um, you know, and it was just, you know, it's things like that, that just open up your mind. And, and what, when you start to think about, you know, Mm -hmm. what, what your life is and all these moments, you know, like it was, yeah. And, and I'm just grateful for it. I I really am. I mean, um, I grateful for, to, to my family, you know, because when I told them I was, you know, doing this, like the hundred percent supportive, my, my, my mom, my dad, my sister, my, my uh, and you know my friend Oz as well. Like uh, he actually joined me in it, and then uh, Andy's wife Janine joined me in it as well. Um, you know, changing all of our lives. Like what? What an incredible thing to to see. Even though I thought I was failing him, that when I say something like this important, it's like no, you know, let's do it. We're let's in. Do it. Let's do it together. Yeah. You know, and and ironically, the day that I started, he texted me that morning that he wanted to do the same thing without us talking. You know, like, so it was like, you know, yeah. what an incredible thing, you know, sure, like no where you're connected, right. you know what I'm saying? Like you, you were connected. Like when, you know, I believe that too. I think when, yes. when you are close with somebody like, so here we had the same thought without mm-hmm. talking to each other, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's very synchronistic. Yeah. And, that. you know, grateful for my wife's ability to not forget, but to forgive, you know, you know, quickly, right. To, to say, all right, I see this change, right. You know, like. I needed that and you're responding, you know, and then I was able in return to ask things that I need, right? Yeah. And she listened. Because that's the other thing. You can ask for whatever you want, but when you're not in a good place, they don't listen. Well, you guys, you, don't listen you and your wife have, have started y'all's relationship with this very important, super important ingredient that I wish more people would adopt. Mm. More than forgiveness, she accepts you. Yeah. And you accept her. And y'all started it with those questions, with that unloading of the baggage yeah. early on yeah so was... you you have a practice of that and it's paying off in spades yeah. so we're getting close to the end now and i want to tell you that this has been an honor it's, it's been a great privilege yes. to participate in the saga that is <laughs> dr adriana God. uh it's i mean you've got an amazing life you got an amazing story and a testimony not not just of yourself but that will influence impact and inspire others I hope so. To to have the internal ambition and drive to recreate themselves, reinvent themselves, and become successful people. Uh, that's that's amazing. So yeah. we've got some questions that we yeah. always ask. Let's do it when we're closing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of us, I'll ask one, and the other will ask the other. But my favorite question is: If you could go back in time to your younger self, let's say right before. Right after 9-11, right mm-hmm. before you right before you joined the military, and you could give yourself some advice, knowing now what you didn't know then, living all the life and going through the journey that you've that you've been through, what advice would you give your younger self? In that particular moment, um I th- I think um I've never written down goals. Okay. Uh, now I was very, I've always achieved them, you know, and I was never a person to write anything down, you know, like, um, I think that my life has been a journey that I would never trade it again, you know, but I think if you write down your goals, you don't learn by ramming your head through the wall as much. If that makes sense, like oh, I think, I think sense. when you're when you when you have these goals in your head and and you just take opportunities, which by the way, those opportunities molded me. Don't don't you know? So I like I I don't want to say, 
be more committed in anything by any stretch. But, you know, I, I had the goal when I went to the military to serve and, and, and to be a physician, you know, and, and I, instead of, I just took every opportunity that even if it was a micro step up, I just said, oh yeah, they're offering this school in Kuala Lumpur. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> you know, like, um, I think that they're important to take, I think it's very important to take those risks and, and, and do them, but write them down. And on top of writing them down, write down what you did in each step. I think like, I love it. That's remember, awesome. remember what you did each time. Like, you know, do you, you forget that you spent six months in the Bahamas. You forget that you spent That's six right. months here. Like, I, th I think it's quite important for, and I don't mean like, you know, write novels or nothing, but I think it's important to have your little book and, and, and as you take a step, you say, and then you go on to the next one. Cause they're always memorable when you, when you transition to yeah. the next move, right? Like whether it's a city move or whether it's, you know, this, this a year of school or, you know, write down what you did that year. Keep yeah, yeah, yeah. Write, write down those, those bullet points. I think, I think, I think your life, I think you could, and I say this only because I don't know how to self-reflect. And I think if you did that, whether you're self-reflecting in those moments or not, I think if you write the stuff down, you start to learn and you start to look into your past again. I, I don't ever, I didn't ever did it. So I think that the only advice I could give is like make up, think of a system that will help you reflect on what you just did. Write your goals and then keep inventory. Yeah. Keep inventory of, 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 of the steps. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, and I don't mean like, I wrote this paper for this. Like, I just mean like, mm -hmm. while you were doing it, it's like, what night do you remember was the most fun? Or what concert do you remember? You, you know, like, what are those things in that step, like, to help you later, you know, reflect on them? Yeah. Like, I don't have anything of that. I mean, you have pictures, which is one thing. But I mean, it really, like, as you go, write down a good night. Mm. You know, or a good day or, you know, or like what what you hated about it or, you know, I love that. And, and, and I think that's the biggest thing. Don't ever change your, you know, your ability to just flock wherever they tell you. I, I, that's not what I'm saying. But whatever decision you take, mm -hmm. you know, remember some good about it or bad. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it was, whatever it was, you know, like um, I wish I did that. Mm -hmm. I would love to read that. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're no accident kind of people. We're very providential. I mean, if we if you ended up in that certain place for that right. six months, there was a reason. Absolutely. So I, I like I love your advice to former self is, you know, make note of, a, of those highlights of the reason you're here. Yeah. That's right. Not the what I had for breakfast stuff. No, no, it's and, irrelevant. And if we're aware... We're, we, we th there it is. There's that moment. Yeah. That's the yeah. reason I'm here. There's one of the reasons. Right. Yeah. In that same uh, uh, vein, if you will, let's do a little bit of legacy work. So now you're, you know, you're a husband, uh, you have children. And so kind of uh, looking forward to the end a little bit, your legacy, is there a legacy that you would like to leave that your children who will hopefully come visit you <laughs> will yeah. be able to reflect on? Um, I wish... You know, and my daughter won't, but for my son, I hope he can see and learn from this transition that I'm going through right now. I think this is a huge lesson I hope that I can portray to him of what the, how I failed him before and how I'm trying to be better. And I think, and I say that because I think every father out there, every, every mother, like if they're going through something like this or have gone through something terrible, like be able to say, it's like, here's a person that it really did make a change, you know, like, and tried to transition, whether it fixes it 100% or not. 
be able to look at, uh, you know, be able to accept that I've, I, I think at least that I failed them for some part and, but trying to be better. I think that that's, that I am not, I, I wasn't, I'm not somebody who's just what they do at work. Like you can fail at anything, just try to make it better. I think that's the biggest legacy is, I mean, as far as everything else, like, yeah, they're, they'll never need anything you know i mean they, they got they got their trust and all that stuff and looking back that's one of the good things about what i did you know while being successful is i you know was smart with that you know what i mean but it's okay to fail i mean i think that's the biggest thing i fail all you want just make sure you learn from it I, I mean that's that's not a bad legacy you know um that they can look at me and say i, I was up and i was down but every single time anything down took me i I fixed it. Success lies at the end of the path of failure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to walk through the failure. Yeah. I, um, well, for my little girl, I, I don't I wouldn't know yet. I mean, I think you just try to be, I just try to make it, make it absolutely a uphill battle for the guy who tries to marry my daughter. You know what I mean? That's like, awesome. You know what I'm saying? Like, with you I feel totally bad for the guy that's got to compete with me, <laughs> you know, like, and that's okay. You know? And then, um, and I, you know, there's there's two things that are really hard in medicine. You know, um, there's two things that are really hard. One one is is when you deal with NICU, NICU neonatal ICU, or 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 little kids. Okay, uh, um, you deal with deaths, or you deal with treating them like in residency. Man, what a complicated what a complicated month or so, where you can have a, a you know you can have this child for an entire month, and all you do is calculate to the microgram of vitamin that they need every day for what they need to eat and sometimes you don't see parents show up or you know and they're there alone and um and then a month goes by that you're there two months go by and they haven't left you know like because they're just these you know 28 weekers or 30 weekers or even 36 weekers are just you know that need need help sick kids that that's that's a that's a tough thing to deal with but and then the opposite is when you see a couple that's been together 60 years and one of them passes away in front of you and I, I, I'm not in a rush to get to this moment, but I pray that I can look at my wife if that moment happens and see the love that you've seen in some of the people here. Yes. Like, to just be able to look and just say, I loved you with everything I had. Mm. And I love that. good or bad, like, that's, I, 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 I hope and pray to get to that to that moment, to see that moment, like, to see, it, it is, it is one of the, some of the toughest moments, and, and a lot of people think it's not tough, because, you know, these people live their life, but, you know, to, to, to see that room, man, you see, man, that's, that, that was a life with purpose. Yeah. Isn't that, that beautiful? I mean, it's tragic, that it, it's you, absolutely tragic, man, but, it's beautiful. At the if same there's time. something I can, and you see it, you see when, when the wife walks in or vice versa, when the husband walks in and you just, it's, it's a terrible, just, just this curtain, but it's so deep and beautiful at the same mm-hmm. time. Yes. I mean, it's a terrible moment, but I hope I don't, I don't perfectly prefer to go, to be honest with you and have my wife look at me that way. I don't, I don't know. You see how, you see how you know, what, what it means to them, but to see that these two people, like, 
They owned their life. They yeah. owned their relationship all the way to the end. And they possessed it and lived it to the they deepest. They enjoyed each other. Yes. But whatever they went through. Mm -hmm. With purpose. I want I, I want to get, I'm not in a rush, but <laughs> when, when, when it is my time, I want to be able to, to close that curtain that way. Nice. So just, I'll give you everything. That's and beautiful. I loved it. That's there's not much more of a powerful legacy than that right there. Nothing. Perfect. Nothing. That room. And then there, you know, the kids walk in and you just you feel like there is the, the, there there's nothing else. There's no money. There is no like No, it's it's that that feeling as a physician that I I get to be a part of, you know, and and it's terrible, you know, but, but also at the same time you talk about a reminder Man, what a! I I hope vice versa we can look at each other and just say we gave everything to each other and we enjoyed the and we enjoyed this, you know. Like, thank you for being next to me through all this, you know. Like, my it's a powerful room, man. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. it's um, I, I the ride was great. Yeah. Whether, you know, afterlife, whether you believe in afterlife or not, I. what a way to wake up at pearly gates or whatever it is you believe in, you know, like knowing that what you left here was everything you had to give to somebody. And I and and, and that's the truth, man. Like your partner's your partner. I mean, you picked him for a reason, you know, like don't half-ass your life. Mm -hmm. Don't half-ass it. You know, all this other stuff made me half-ass it and what a shame. And not a shame, actually, because well, not a lot of forty-year-olds will be able to look back and you know not not be able to look at it now before it was a problem. You know what I mean? Even though it was a problem, like it's not too late. The worst part is that it's exactly too late. Right. You know, right. um, that's the one lesson I hope people learn uh, to get anything out of my story is that it's hopefully it's not too late to make the change. You know, um, and and usually it's not. I think if you really reflect, it's never too late, right? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, unless you you know, <laughs> took it too far, you know, but if you were really wa walking away from something, but you were still in love and you were still present, you just weren't really there. That's not too late. It's when you, it's when you're not there, then not yeah. there, you know, mm -hmm. is when it's too late. But, um, yeah, that, I wish that upon my wife and I to just in the end. Well, I love it. That's, yeah. that's beautiful. beautiful. Uh, I, I'm, I'm ambitious for that same goal. Yeah. Not a rush. I want to create that. Yeah, I mean that's process, that's right? when it. you see it, you know, and and a lot of times if you know the, the other person's already passed away, but you could feel that when they're looking in each other's eyes. That, that's you could feel it, you know. Well, brother, I can't think of a better way to close this. That was that was amazingly powerful, and I, I'd like you to hear my expression of gratitude to you for being here and sharing your story, not just with us, but with our audience. Right. Uh, I believe you've you've opened up and I think a lot of people are going to be blessed. Uh, I think you're going to inspire people in more ways than you can possibly imagine. Uh, I think that there may be some people who decide to become doctors because of this. There may be some people who in, in the throes of alcoholism and addiction themselves, that your story is inspirational to seek recovery. And I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for laying it out there, for being vulnerable uh, and for being soft on yourself and realizing that you are going through the steps of success.
I'm proud of you for that. Yes. So thank you again for your story. Thank you again for being our guest. Chuck, is there anything you'd like to add? No, just thank you. Have perfect yeah. reflection. I appreciate yeah. that. I mean, it's been... and, and thank you for being vulnerable. It'll yeah, it's uh try yeah. to make a difference, man. No, and and yeah. another for people is remember it's okay to talk about it. A lot of people with success are scared to talk about it. It's like, oh, what about this? Or is someone gonna, you know, what does it matter? You know, like let them hear it. You know, but you're not going to lose your job because you're honest about something like, you know, that's it's, it's what it is. You, yeah. you were what you were and, and, you know, and you're changing. I mean, there's, right. you know, um, don't be scared. Actually, be be more scared about not talking about it. Yeah, there you go. You know, there you go. Well, so. thank you guys for joining us again with another episode of Pursuit of Purpose. I'm Robbie. I'm Chuck. And we've had with us. Dr. Goffey, Adriano Goffey. Nice to meet everybody. It's been a great privilege, you guys. Have a great day.